God. Talk I would take recorded live. Verse 19. And as they place that on the screen, I want you to see this because this is the foundation of what I'm going to be talking about today. God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? God does not lie. God cannot lie. And you can build your life on God. And that's really all that faith is. Faith is simply means confidence. You're going to trust somebody. Why not trust God? You're going to believe somebody. Why not believe God? You're already building your life around a persuasion, a belief system. Up to this point, you're where you're at because of somebody you trusted and something that you believed. What I'm going to ask you today is maybe redirect that faith, redirect that trusting, and place your confidence and your trust back in God. You know, we're living in very uncertain times. There's a lot of economic uncertainty in the world today. That's why I'm here. That's why God's called called me into your life today. That's why I'm assigned to you, because God has anointed me, God has called me, with a breakthrough anointing. That's why the program's called Breakthrough Hour, because the difference in seasons is who you believe and who you trust. And there's a season changing, a season changing in your life today, and it's going to be because of these seven attributes. Number one, as they place these on the screen, seven powerful attributes of God. God is omniscient knows everything, past, present, and future. God is omniscient. You should trust God. You should build your faith on God. You should believe God because he's omniscient. He knows everything. God is the only person that never will consult your past to decide your future. God is the only person who will or who is able to go back into your past and give you a future. God is the only person that can take everything that's happened to you and recycle it for your benefit. The Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. You can build your life upon God's reputation because of this. He's omniscient. He knows everything about your past. He knows everything about your present. And he knows everything about your future. Hallelujah. In fact, I'll say it this way. God wants to turn the memories of your past into the hope of your future. God doesn't hold your faults against you. God doesn't count your sin against you. If you've confessed your sin, if you've confessed your shortcomings, the Bible says that Jesus will forgive you of your sin and your shortcomings once you confess it. Other human beings will hold your past against you. Even when you go to get a job, you fill out an application. If your employer doesn't see what he wants to see or he sees something that's negative, you may not get the job. But Jesus will never do that. He's omniscient. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. And I want to say it again. He never consults your past to determine your future. No matter what you've done, no matter what your past has held, I was voted least likely to succeed two times. Can you believe that? Twice voted least likely to succeed. I flunked the second grade twice. I had a reading problem. I had math problems. I had a speech impediment. My own grandmother said, he'll never amount to anything. I say laughingly, 
Once I succeeded, she never turned down any of my monthly checks. Then after I succeeded, my grandma told everybody, I knew he would be something. I knew he'd amount to something. I, I just knew he had greatness in him. Yeah, right, Grandma. My mother believed in me. My father accepted me. But Jesus took my past, and he gave me a future. Omniscient. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You're very discouraged, and you're down, and you feel like you've lost hope. Only Jesus can give you hope. In fact, the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to have hope before you can have faith. And there's somebody watching. Your hope has been shipwrecked. And I'm here telling you right now, you can put your hope back in Jesus because he's omniscient. He knows your past. He knows your present. And only he can give you a future. That's why you can build your trust. You can build your faith on God's reputation. Hallelujah. Number two, the second reason or the second powerful attribute of God in his nature is that God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. See, it's not enough to be omniscient. It's not enough to know someone's past or present or future. You have to be able to do something about it. God is all-powerful. There's nobody like God. There's nothing impossible for God. Jesus was walking with his disciples one day, and they took inventory of their faith life. And they said to Jesus, they said, increase our faith, because they realized they didn't have the faith that they needed. Now Jesus, the marvelous teacher that he was, he began to use nature that he participated in creating, and he began to teach them through a mountain. And if you remember the gospel, he said to the disciples, he says, you see that mountain over there? They said, yes, we see it. He said, if you have the faith of the size of a mustard seed. Now, mustard seed is very tiny. It's one of the tiniest seeds that there, that there are. In fact, it's about one-fourth the size of your fingernail. Very tiny. You can hardly see it, even with the eye. He says, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And if you'll not doubt it in your heart, and by the way, faith is not birthed in the mind. Faith is birthed in the heart. Faith resides in the inner recesses of your heart. See, often logic will compete with your faith. Logic is important when you're making decisions, but often only faith is required when you need a miracle. Because when God asks you to take a step of faith, logic is not required, only obedience. That's important for somebody right now. Because if you want to grow your faith, if you want to nurture your faith, if you want your faith to grow from a mustard seed into a large tree, you have to exercise that faith. See, Jesus said if you have the faith of the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. And if you'll not doubt in your heart, you can have what you say. See, Jesus wasn't talking about the size of your faith. He was talking about the potential of your faith. God is all-powerful, nothing too hard, nothing too difficult, nothing impossible for God. But see, God says, I want you to believe me. See, God's greatest obsession is to be believed. God's greatest pain is to be doubted. 
So the disciples took inventory of their life, and they said, Jesus, we know you're all-powerful, but we're lacking in our faith. So Jesus said, the mustard seed, if you have that much, it's enough that I can work with, I can grow, because your faith will grow when you use it. You say, how do I grow my faith? How do I get my faith to grow from a mustard seed into a big, big tree? Because the mustard seed grows to be one of the largest trees. Well, the Bible is the factory for faith. The Bible says in Romans that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible creates faith. When you hear God talk, faith rises up inside of you. The difference in seasons is faith. And when God begins to talk to you, something happens inside of you. You become energized. What was impossible a moment ago is not impossible now. Why? Because of the word of faith. Hallelujah. Boy, the anointing is so strong in this studio right now. I want to say to somebody, I don't know where you're watching in 150 countries around the world, but I want to say to you, I want to declare to you that your situation is not impossible. We serve an all-powerful God. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, and there's nothing too hard for God. All he says is, if you will believe me, I will do it. And then he says, if you will let me work with your faith, let me cultivate your faith, read my word, believe my word, act upon my word, your faith will grow to such a size that with your words you can control mountains. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your financial circumstance is not impossible that God can't give you a miracle. The healing that you need, according to Isaiah 53, 5, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes I'm healed. You can have healing. The relationship that you need restored, God's a restore. In fact, he doesn't just restore. Wow, somebody's getting ready to have a Job 42, 10 blessing, double for your trouble. He's not just going to restore or give back what Satan has stolen. The Bible says he gives back more than what was taken. Proverbs says when you discover a thief, he has to give back to you seven times. Somebody has lost much. Satan has beat up on you, but I'm here today in the breakthrough hour to tell you there's a turnaround coming. <laughs> there's a turnaround coming. There's a turnaround coming. Even as I'm speaking to you right now, something's happening inside of you. What is that? Your faith is beginning to grow stronger because I'm speaking the words of God. Hallelujah. God is all-powerful. See, it's not enough of him being omniscient that he knows everything past, present, and future. He has to be able to do something about it. And that's the God that we serve today. Nothing too hard for God. Do you remember the story of Egypt and God raising up a deliverer by the name of Moses? They had been enslaved and in bondage for over 430 years. They were broke, they were busted, they were emaciated, they were starving, uh, they were in bondage, they were, in, they were sick, they were, they were hurting, they were lonely, they were enslaved for 430 years, and God raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses, and Moses came in and led them out of Egypt. The Bible says that they saw the mighty miracles of God, but then they began to doubt God, and God became angry because of their un belief. As I study the Word of God, I have found the only scriptural reason why people fail is unbelief. You won't fail because of a devil. If you fail with your life, it's because you haven't believed God. 
And what I'm talking to you about today is that God is all-powerful. And God says, I've made available to you my power. I've given you authority, deputized authority. The Bible says that you can say to the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. The Bible says that you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Bible says that we will literally have the keys of the kingdom to bind and to loose on earth. But God has to be believed. See, it's not enough for God to know your past, to know the present, and to know your future. He has to be able to do something about it. That's why the second attribute of God is so critical. He's all-powerful. Number three, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. He's everywhere at all times. If I walk over here, God is here. And while God is here, God is here. And while God is here, God is here. Yet God's not here, he's here. And while he's here, he's here. God is everywhere, ever-present, constantly. He's in this environment. He doesn't just know your past. He doesn't just know your present. He doesn't, he doesn't just know your future. He's not just powerful enough to make all those changes, but he's ever-present everywhere. David said it this way. He says, if I go to the depths of hell, God, you are there. If I ascend to the heavens, God, you're there. God is everywhere. That's what it means by he's omnipresent, which is the third point. We're talking today, if you just tuned in, about seven powerful attributes of God, his nature. You've trusted others. I'm suggesting that you begin to trust God. And I'm saying to you, there's a reason why I'm saying that you should trust God. Because you know a person by their character. You know a person by their nature. You know a person by what they've done in the past. You know a person by having experience with them. But even man will fail. Human beings are frail, faulty, imperfect. But God is perfect. If you were to ask me, and I'm going to reiterate it even a third time for those who have been channel surfing and you've tuned in, I'm Todd Coons. I'm talking about seven powerful attributes of God and his nature. Number one, he's omniscient. He knows everything, past, present, future. Number two, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He not only knows, he could do something about it. Number three, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But number four, God is truthful. God is truthful. Titus 1-2, Numbers 23-19. God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God is truthful. Now, I want to get right down to the nitty-gritty. I'm going to get right down to the heart of the matter. It is impossible for God to lie. I have a beautiful blue tie on right now. And if you were to look at it, you would see that it's blue. People in the studio can see that it's blue. Even with the lighting in the studio, I'm, I'm hoping your television has been adjusted just right so that as it's being transferred from here to the lens, beamed up to a satellite, brought back or taken through uh, cable to your home, that you can see that this tie is blue. If it looks like another color, I'm saying it's light blue. But if God speaks and says it's red, it instantaneously becomes red. Why? Because God cannot lie. As you study the word of God, the Bible says that God spoke the worlds into existence. The world in Genesis 1 was without form and it was void. But God spoke and the worlds came alive a thousand 
light years. When Jesus describes himself, he describes himself as the Word. King Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, said this about your words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. What am I talking about? I'm talking about God is truthful. If God says it, it will have to happen. If God says it, it will come to pass. Now, listen to me carefully. I'm talking to somebody about a dream. When I came in the studio, God told me there would be seven people watching right now at this moment that you you have had a dream in the past, and for whatever reason, that dream has died. God has promised you that that dream would come to pass. I had a dream when I was 15 years old that God spoke to me about a dream. I'm now 48 years old as we take this broadcast. It may be airing five years from now, but as of right now, I'm 48. I know I don't look like I'm 48. Thank you for the compliment. But I'm now 48 years old. I didn't think that dream was going to come to pass. I didn't think that word that God spoke was going to come to pass. But it is coming to pass even as I talk to you right now. I had forgotten about it. I had felt like the dream was gone. What God said he would do, well, time has passed. That season had passed, but God had not forgotten it. I had forgotten it, but God had not forgotten it. See, I'm talking about Numbers 23, 19, about God being truthful. God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. Has he not said it, will he not do it? And there are seven people watching right now. God has given you a dream, maybe when you were a child, maybe you were a teenager, maybe just two or three years ago God gave you a dream, and because of circumstances being rearranged against you, it doesn't look like that dream's going to come to pass. But when I came into the studio, God said, speak to seven people and tell them that that dream is not dead. It's only dormant. And what you have been seeing as the destruction of the dream has been God behind the scenes in preparation for the dream. Hallelujah. This is a prophetic word for seven people. That dream shall live again. That dream shall live again. That dream shall live again. Joseph was given a dream. In fact, he was given a coat of many colors by his father, Isaac. He was, so, he was put in a pit to die. He was sold into slavery. He found himself in the dungeon, imprisoned. From the time God gave him that dream, it was many, many, many years before the dream came to pass. But one day he's standing in front of Pharaoh, and he begins to interpret dreams that Pharaoh had. And in 24 hours, Joseph went from the prison to the palace in 24 hours, and his dream came to pass. There are seven people watching right now. I want to say this to you. Your dream is not dead. It's coming to pass. Why? Because God is truthful. Hallelujah. I want to stop. Because I feel like you need to take a step of faith right now. I'm going to continue to teach. And I'm going to pray over the life of seven right now. But I feel like you need to do something now. I feel like that when God speaks to you, and you know exactly who you are. I'm not talking to everybody. But you have a dream that feels like that it's died. And I want to say to you, God's going to resurrect that dream. When it looked like it has been lost, God wanted me to tell you again, it's been, he has been behind the scenes. He has been staging He has been shifting things around, and he's going to let things work in your favor. He's given you a turnaround, a turnaround, and that dream is going to live.
I feel like that you need to do something right now, though. I'm going to continue to teach, but I want them to put a three-minute clock up on the screen. And in three minutes, I'm going to go back to my teaching, but there are seven people who need to call right now. And I'm going to ask you to use your faith. I'm going to ask you to activate your faith, and I'm going to ask you to plant a $180 turnaround seed. You say, why $180? I had never in my life ever talked about a $180 seed. But a month or so ago, I taped a program, which would have been the first time I ever talked about a $180 turnaround seed. One of the men in the studio here, by the name of Mark, said that God spoke to him about sowing the seed because they were in a real estate transaction and they needed to sell a house. So he went immediately home to his wife and said, we need to sell the house, but we need a miracle to sell the house. But I heard Todd Kuhn speak about a $180 turnaround seed, and he planted the seed into Inspiration Ministries. They listed the house and sold the house in two days. In two days, it was bought, he told me, by the second buyer who had been looking for the perfect house for two years. There's an anointing here right now on the $180 seed. And if you're one of the seven, you're going to attach that to the dream that seems like it has died. I can't remember a time ever in my life where I have ever asked anybody to attach a seed to a dream, but there are seven. You need to do that right now. I'm going to ask you to go to the phone, dial the number you see on the screen. I've asked them to put a three-minute clock up, and at the end of this three-minute clock, I'm going to go back to my teaching. But there are moments of faith when God is stirring the water. See, when you sow is as important as what you sow. Timing is everything, and it's critical that you activate your faith right now. This is not for everyone, but this is for seven, the number of completion. You've had a dream that has died. You had a dream that looks like it's impossible. But God is going to use this seed as a catalyst to ignite, to spark this dream. Quickly go to the phone and dial the number you see on the screen. They're telling me we have one minute left, one minute. And so the $180 turnaround seed. It's important that you tell them, I am one of the seven, and I'm sowing this seed, and I'm attaching it to my dream. I don't know what the dream is. I don't know what the dream was. I don't know what God said to you, and it seems like you just quit believing because it looked like circumstances would never make it happen. You need to go to the phone right now. There's 30 seconds, and I'm going to go back to my teaching. Go back to the phone if it was a busy signal and call right now. The number that's on the screen, it's critical that you plant the $180 turnaround seed right now. I know it's not for everyone, but God told me that there would be seven who would attach this seed to a dream. And when you call, tell them, I'm attaching this seed to a dream. And I'm telling you, there's going to be miracles. And I want to say one other thing. Those of you who are calling to plant the $180 seed, you'll say, I'm one of the seven. I'm attaching it to a dream. But it's going to be critical and important that you call back after God rebirths this dream, after God resurrects this dream or brings this dream to pass, because it's going to happen for seven people. I'm very confident of that. And you give us your testimony. Hallelujah. God's doing something all across this network in the life of seven people. Number four is that God is truthful. Number five, God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm 48 years old. I want to testify about my God. I've served God since I was 10 years old. God called, saved me on a Friday night, 
He healed me of being hyperactive. I was taking Ritalin three times a day, diagnosed ADHD. Each day in elementary school, a teacher would take me by the hand and walk me up to the office where I would take Ritalin. Kids made fun of me. They mocked me. They ridiculed me. But on the second night at the age of 10, I went to the altar and I said, Bud Marshall, who was the man who led me to the Lord, he was the evangelist, the preacher that night, I said, Bud, if God can save me, can he heal me? And he said, certainly, Todd, God can heal you. And I put my bottle of pills on the altar, and I've never taken one since. The third night, I felt God had called me to preach. And I, don't, I can't remember if it was through a friend or through my mother, but they had went to Bud Marshall and said, Todd feels like he's called to preach. And that night, I preached my first message at the age of 10. So on a Friday night, I was saved. On a Saturday night, I was healed. And on a Sunday, at the age of 10, I preached my first message. In fact, I remember my very first message because I was so nervous. I'm talking about God's faithfulness. I had a Timex watch, and I kept winding my watch, and I had just seen Moses and the Ten Commandments. You know, Charlton Heston, and I believe it was through CBS where they aired the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments. So I'm winding my watch, talking about the Ten Commandments. It's the only message I knew. Thank God I had just seen it on TV. And uh, this was the essence of my message. Moses went to the mountain with dark hair and a beard, and he came off the mountain with white hair and a white beard. He saw that they had built a golden calf, and I said, Moses became angry because he had the tablets of stone in his hands of the Ten Commandments, and he threw them down and blew them all the smithereens. Now, we know that's not what happened. That was my part of the story. But that was my first message at the age of 10 years old. I started preaching consistently at 15. I went to Bible college at 19. I went into full-time evangelism ministry at 20. I traveled for three years. When God spoke to me about going into business and walking away from the ministry for a season, not my life, just for a season, And for the next decade, God began to train me in the area of business. I started my own business as a financial advisor, and God began to train me the intricacies of money, investments, stocks, bonds, debt, everything that had to do with finances. My heart was always right with God, and I said, God, when you want me to go back into ministry and begin to preach the gospel again, you let me know. It was about a decade after I had separated from the ministry. I didn't separate from God, didn't separate from church. I continued to go to church. I continued to serve God. But God began to anoint me in the business world. And God then spoke to me and said, it's time. I want you to go back into the body of Christ. I've given you a breakthrough anointing. God said to me specifically, I've given you a financial anointing. I want you to teach the body of Christ how to qualify, receive, and manage wealth. Now, why is this important? Why am I talking to you about this? Because God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. It's not enough that God knows your past and present and future. It's not enough that he's all-powerful and he can do something about it. It's not enough that he's everywhere, all-present, all the time. But number four, he's faithful. God has been faithful to me throughout the years. I have served him for 37 years. God's anointed me, God's called me, and I'm speaking to you right now. I don't know what country in the world that you're watching, but I'm here now at the age of 48 in Inspiration Ministries, 
literally talking to the world, talking to somebody who would have Internet, who would have uh, the cable, who would have a satellite just to beam this message because of God's faithfulness. Has it always been easy? No. Have I had downtimes? Yes. Have I been discouraged? Yes. Have I cried tears? Yes. But I can tell you something. Men have let me down. Women have let me down. People have let me down. But God, this Jesus that I'm talking to you about, he has never, 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 never failed me. He's faithful. God has been so faithful to me. Even when I didn't believe in myself, he believed in me. Even when I wanted to give up, he never gave up. God's not giving up on you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've gone through. God's not giving up on you. There's still hope. Pick yourself up off the ground. Brush your knees off. Get back into life. He'll be there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you to the ends of time. Why? Because he's faithful. That's his character. That's his, that's his attribute. That's who he is. He's faithful. And he'll be faithful to you. I want to testify about God's goodness. The Bible has been faithful. I haven't always understood everything about the Bible. The Bible is a book about covenant. It's a book about promises. 1,189 chapters, 66 books, written over a span of 1,500 years by 40 authors. 800,000 words. Genesis 1, Revelation 22, make up the Bible, the best-selling book of all time. Over 5 billion copies sold. You can build your life on God's reputation because he's faithful. He's truthful. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere at all times. And he can reach into your past, and he can change your present, and he can give you a future. This is why you build your life on God. This is why I'm talking about God's seven attributes of his nature. Can we go to number number six? God is immutable. God is immutable. God cannot change. Now, immutability is important because time changes, people change, the earth changes. One of the only constants in life is change. See, you will either change and adapt or you'll become the victim of change. But this attribute of God is incredibly important. He is a God that cannot change. He's immutable. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why is that good news for you and me? Because as you read the Bible... If God did it for David, he'll do it for you. If God did it for Solomon, he'll do it for you. If God did it for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he'll do it for you. If God did it for Paul, he'll do it for you. If God performed miracles and did impossible things for the people in the Bible, because he does not change, he's immutable, he will do it for you. Why is that important? Because there is a principle that God has established that literally operates every single principle in the entire universe. It's the principle of seed time harvest. 
I discovered it 20 years ago when I first went into business, and it's found in Genesis 8 and verse 22. And here's what it says. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time harvest. As long as planet earth exists, there will be seed time harvest. But you can't look at Genesis 8.22 if you don't look at Galatians 6.7. Be not deceived, God is mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Galatians 6, 9 says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall God cause men to give to you. The measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. Malachi chapter 3 says, we're talking about God's immutability. There are unchanging laws that God has established that worked then, that will work today, that will work tomorrow. If economies change, his principles still stand. If people change, he's still the same. If God did it yesterday, he'll do it today. If God will do it today, he'll do it tomorrow. Why? Because he's immutable. A fixed principle is like gravity. It never changes. And Malachi chapter 3, a fixed law says this, Return the tithe into God's storehouse and offerings, and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. That's a fixed law in the Bible. God says, how do you prove that I exist? Bring him an offering. And if more, doesn't, if more comes back, then you know he exists. Hallelujah. He's immutable. My financial life changed when I discovered the seed faith lifestyle. What is seed faith? Something you've been given can create anything you've been promised. Something in your present can be sown to create anything in your future. Something that's within your reach can become a seed to create anything that you've asked God to do. And when God talks to you about a harvest or a miracle, he always will ask you to plant a seed of faith. I'm talking about God being immutable. He never changes. If God did it yesterday, he'll do it today. The character of God, his trait, the essence, who he is, is that he doesn't change. He doesn't lie, and he will not change. And if you will believe him, if you will trust him, if you'll put your confidence in him, if you'll put your faith in him, he says in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, that without faith you cannot please him. But if you will believe him and believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Nothing will be impossible. See, the difference in your today and your tomorrow is your faith. The difference in your today and your tomorrow is your faith. And with your faith, your trust in God, nothing is impossible. And number seven, number seven, we're talking about seven characteristics or seven attributes or seven traits of God on why you should trust and believe him. And I want to go over these with you before I go to number seven. I'm hope, hopefully they'll put them on the screen so you can see them. Number one, he's omniscient. He knows everything, past, present, and future. I'm wanting to teach you today 
says, I'm going to pray over your life, and there's going to be miracles that's going to happen. Number two, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Nothing's too hard for God. Your circumstance is not so bad that he can't do something about it, if you'll believe him. Number three, he's omnipresent everywhere at all times. Number four, he's truthful. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he will do it. In fact, God had me stop there and pray over seven people to attach their $180 seat to a dream. I hope you obeyed God and you did that. Number six, number five, he, God is faithful. First Peter 4, 19. Number six, God is immutable. He cannot change. That's found in Malachi 3, 1 John 5, 14. And number seven, God is a lavish giver. God is a lavish giver. Man hoards, Satan steals, God gives. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. Matthew 7 and verse 11 says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give to those who ask, seek, and knock? The seventh attribute of God is more critical than anybody understands. Because if you're going to understand the heart of God, you have to understand number seven. As you look at it on the screen, God is a lavish giver. There's nobody who gives more than God. Even when he created Adam and Eve, he created the garden before he ever created Adam and Eve. Even when he created Adam, he said it's not good for Adam to be alone. So then he created the greatest gift that God could give a man, and that was Eve, a wife, because God is a giver. There's nobody that wants to give more to you than God. God loves you. He cares about you. And the heart of the Father, the heart of the Father is to give to you. However, there's one thing that God values above the giving heart, and that is the believing heart. He wants to be believed. God says, if you will believe me, I will do it. But you have to believe him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with your faith, nothing is impossible. If you were to ask me my greatest lifetime discovery about faith and God is this. God is not moved by my need. He's moved by my faith, according to Hebrews 11.6. I heard one man of God say it this way. God's heart is touched by your need, but his hands are touched by your seed. As we enter prayer time, I want to pray over the life of 120 watching right now. I know this is not for everyone, but this is for those who want tomorrow to be different than today. This is for those who need a breakthrough in your family, in your finances, in real estate, a breakthrough in your body. There's 120 watching right now, no doubt in my mind. God has assigned me to you. The anointing in the studio is so strong and there it's for home. Wherever you're watching, you can sense the presence of God. God has assigned me to you right now. 
And I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. I'm going to ask you to use your faith. I'm going to ask you to plant a seed that I had never talked about ever in my life until about a month ago when I taped one of the Breakthrough Hour programs. It was a $180 turnaround seed. And it's been amazing what God has been doing. There's an anointing on the $180 turnaround seed. You say, why do you have $180? Because $180 means you made a 180-degree turn. You were headed this way. You made a 180-degree turn to go this way. You were going in the wrong direction, and now you changed to go in the right direction. That's what it means, a turnaround. That's what I felt God spoke into my heart for this moment that we've been together. Earlier, God had me speak to seven people who called and planted it and attached it to a dream. There are three harvests I want to come into a covenant with you. And don't take this lightly. Don't let this moment pass you by. Listen carefully because this is critically important. What I'm getting ready to say is going to change your life. There's no doubt in my mind. It's going to change your life and for somebody the next 24 hours will literally be life-changing. There's a, there's a woman watching right now. Ma'am, I want to say this to you. In the next 24 hours, somebody is going to favor you. You're going to have a breakthrough beyond anything you've ever known. If you could see the harvest that God wants to get to you, it's bigger than you can ever imagine. But there are three harvests I'm going to come into a covenant with the 120 who will obey the voice of God, who will use their faith, Number one, I'm going to ask God to resurrect every dormant seed that you've sown in the past that has not produced a harvest. You have seed in the ground that you haven't been able to identify a harvest. I'm going to ask God that by this $180 turnaround seed, he will use it as a catalyst to ignite, to resurrect, to rebirth a new season of reaping from seeds that you've sown in the past. So you won't just reap from the 180 seed. You'll reap from other seeds, some larger, some smaller. Number two, I'm going to ask God to use the $180 seed to either rekindle, rebirth, or give you a dream that's worth having. You have no idea what God can do with you if you'll just simply dream. See, when you raise your level of believing... You raise your level of receiving. God is limited by one thing, and that's your believing. I'm going to ask God to give you a dream. Maybe it's a past dream. Maybe it's going to be another dream that's going to happen over the next several years. But I'm going to ask God to birth a dream. It's almost like a Joseph dream. And from this dream, you're going to have Joseph favor. God's going to give you favor like Joseph had. In a 24-hour period, it's going to begin to happen. As God takes you through a season of preparation. And number three. I'm going to ask God to use the $180 seed to give you specifically a financial breakthrough. I don't know if you need it in your business, if you need it in your personal finances. I don't know if it's a real estate scenario that you're in and you need God to give you a financial breakthrough or you're buying or selling. Wherever it's at, you need a financial breakthrough. And I'm going to ask God as a third harvest from your obedience to give you a financial breakthrough. Father, I come into a covenant with 120 right now. The anointing in the studio is so strong, it's so powerful, but there are 120 watching right now who know your voice. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice, another they will not follow. Jesus, 
An instruction was given to 500 people after the resurrection to tarry in the upper room, but only 120 obeyed. But the 120 had an upper room experience that we're still talking about today. I come into a covenant with you by the authority of the Word of God, by the fixed law and the immutability of a God that cannot lie, a God that is all-powerful, a God that is a lavish giver, that when you open your hand and sow a seed, God opens His hand and gives you a harvest. According to Genesis 8.22, Galatians 6.7, Galatians 6.9, Luke 6.38, Malachi chapter 3, I can take my seed and I can sow myself out of trouble. I come into a covenant for the free harvest to happen in your life. Number one, every seed that you've sown in the past through this seed, God will resurrect. He'll reschedule a new season of reaping. Number two, I come into a covenant that God will give you a dream or rebirth a dream that seems like it has died. That that dream will be like a Joseph dream that will birth a season of favor like you've never known. I mean a season of unstoppable favor. A season that people will bless your socks off and it will be ongoing. It will be perpetuated for years to come. And number three, I come into a divine covenant with you in the name of Jesus. God will give you a financial breakthrough. He'll connect you to a financial Boaz who will bless you. You'll get a raise in your job. You'll get favor in a real estate transaction. That God literally will give you the financial breakthrough that you need in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. According to the Word of God, according to the law of seed time harvest, the harvest is on its way as soon as you obey the voice of God. There's a number that's on the screen. I'm going to ask you to go to the phone right now. Dial the number you see on the screen and say, I'm one of the 120. In fact, I want to call you the Breakthrough 120. Because I believe God's going to give you this breakthrough. Quickly go to the phone. Dial the number you see on the screen and say, I'm one of the 120. I'm going to plant my $180 seed right now. And you're going to call it a turnaround seed. God is turning things around. And here's a phrase that God keeps giving me for somebody. God is shifting things around. And he's going to let things work in your favor. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there. You might be behind the computer watching on the Internet. You might be in another country, even a closed country. You can sow your seed on the secure line, or there's a number on the screen. You might be watching from the U.K. There's a number on the screen, or Australia, or someplace else around the world, or even in America. That number is your point of contact. And God always requires faith. See, nobody, nobody can sow your seed for you. Faith is very personal. But when you raise your level of believing, you raise your level of receiving. And the seed that moves your faith will move the hand of God. There's a seed that changes everything. There's a seed that changes everything and is a seed that sparks the harvest. And the $180 is bigger than you know. Quickly go to the phone. Dial the number you see on the screen. There's a businessman watching me right now. You're going to sow this on behalf of each of your business. And I keep feeling like I'm hearing God say in my spirit that he's going to remove wrong people. And there's going to be one person he's going to connect you to that's going to literally revolutionize your business. And there's a woman watching. You're involved in a real estate transaction, and I, I feel like you're trying to sell your house. When you plant the $180 seed, God's going to give you favor to sell this house. And there's another person watching. The $180 seed is so big to you. It's a stretch. I mean, it's meaningful. It hurts. It's beyond anything you've ever done. 
but when you sow it, it's going to break, it's going to bring you to a higher threshold. It's going, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a spirit of containment, something that's been holding you back, being broken off your life. And you're, you're literally going to be catapulted into a new season of blessing as you obey the voice of God. There's a number that you see on the screen. That number is important for you to call, and it's important for you to call now. Nothing happens until you sow your seed. Nothing happens until you use your faith. When you let go of something you wanted to keep, God will let go of something He wanted to give. Now, for the 120 who will be calling, I want to sow into your life my brand new CD and companion book, Understanding Biblical Economics, God's System of Abundance. It's God's plan for your life. When you call, this will be our seed into your life. It's worth $180 just to have this. I answer questions like, what is biblical economics? Why is prosperity so important? Is money the root of all evil? How do I conquer greed? Was Jesus poor? Can I become rich? Why are people poor? Does God bless everybody equally? And much, much more. You'll get it in a companion book and a CD. It will literally revolutionize and change your life. This will be our seed that we plan into your life for obeying the voice of God. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there and watch me. There's a number that's on the screen. You need to call that. If you tried to call and there were lines that were available, go back to the phone right now. We have limited lines right now, but if you go back to the phone, you'll be able to get through. Call right now. There's lines available right now. Go to the phone. Dial the number you see on the screen and say, I'm one of the 120. This $120 or $180 breakthrough seed is bigger than you know, bigger than you know. The breakthrough is going to come in the form of a turnaround. You're headed in one direction, but God's going to turn things around in your favor. And here's a phrase. I'm going to ask them to place this phrase on the screen because I want you to write this down wherever you're watching. And remember, I said this. God is shifting things around. He's going to let things work in your favor. You don't need everybody liking you. You just need the right person liking you. And this seed that you're sown of $180 is going to become a seed of favor because God always favors those who listen to him. Hallelujah. The anointing is so strong, and there's a woman watching me right now. Ma'am, if you knew what God's getting ready to do, you're only one phone call away from a season beyond anything you've ever dreamed of. If you could see the harvest God wants to bring into your life. Remember number seven? God is a lavish giver. God is a lavish giver. God gives seed to the sower, but he gives harvest to the receiver. I just feel like I need to say to somebody, you just need to lift up your hands right where you're at, and you need to say, God, I will receive. There's somebody watching right now. You might be in your bed. You need to climb out of your bed. You need to stand up from the television. I know it seems kind of crazy, and you need to just say, God, I will receive. You say, why are you saying that? Because the harvest is moving at the speed of your obedience. The harvest is moving towards you and into your life at the speed of your obedience. I taped a program about a month ago, and Mark is in the studio here with me right now as we're taping this program. And I talked about, for the first time ever, the $180 turnaround seed. And he said something... Uh, ignited inside of him. He went home, told his wife, because they needed to sell their house. They hadn't put it on the market yet, but they needed to sell their house. And they said, I believe that he was talking right to me. 
we need to sow the seed. So he planted the $180 uh, turnaround seed. And in two days, they sold their house after they listed it. And the people who had bought it was the second person who looked at it. And they had been looking for two years, two years, until they found this house. It doesn't take God long to do something big, but it always requires a step of faith. You've tried everything else. You've tried to live in the world system. Why not try God's economic system of increase? And God says, if you will sow, you will reap. But a seed of nothing multiplies into a harvest of nothing. This $180 seed may not seem like it's big to you, but it is your obedience to an instruction from a man of God that's going to make all the difference. And I want to say this to somebody that is a skeptic watching. You're not buying miracles. You can't buy miracles with money. But you can sow a seed, and you can look to your Jehovah Jireh, the lavish giver of the universe, who says, if you'll sow, you'll reap, and you can believe God for a harvest. I want to say it again. Man hoards, Satan steals, but God gives. And he's waiting for you to use your faith. And when you pick up the phone and you call, and you let them take your seed faith gift of $180, and you use your faith, and you wrap expectation around it, miracles are going to happen. God's waiting on you. Weeknights on INSP. It's three of your favorite shows. You want to take it for a spin? Are you sure it's all right? I want you to fly the next mission. Yes, sir. Walker, Texas Ranger. And on Thursday at 9, a special all-new Brush of Honor. My hope, Bill's hope, is that they see their son. Try to bring a piece of him home. It all happens weeknights at 8 Eastern on INSP. Welcome home. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? My chest hurts. I can't breathe. What you need is mobile help.
You can't have my, you can't, you can't, you can't, I please. 
and we're saying it's over, that you've been crying long enough, that you've been worried long enough, that you've been struggling long enough, and I believe that God's going to do it for you. I believe God's going to do it. Because I ain't got all my time, bless you. 
Man, be quiet. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good I'm morning. always here. I ain't okay. never been gone nowhere. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fine, dear, and you? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, you just practice, huh? I was just getting in practice, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm bae. It's B-A-B-E before mm-hmm. anybody else. <laughs> I'm going to call you bae before anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm playing. I'm just playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you warm? I know what you're doing. I'm sorry, say again? I said you're warming up. I know what you're doing. That's right. Mm. That's right. I'm just warming up. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'm... I'm, Huh? I was going to say something. I said, no, I think I'll leave that alone. Keep it to yourself, boo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Until another set of point in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe el- look, maybe el eyeball to el eyeball. Okay. <laughs> All right then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all good in the hood like it should. Yep, yep, yep. Good morning, everybody else. I'm not sure who's on. Um. Today, and I'm not sure who's on this morning, so good morning. I hope I hope everybody had um, a blessed rest um, th- last night. Um, did y'all rain? Did it rain up there with you all from? No, it didn't. Actually, I think we got a few days of um, not raining. So. Okay. We should be good. Okay, we, we I think we're getting them getting those um, evenings, afternoon showers, or uh, scattered showers throughout different locations of the area. You know, those the, the ones that you think you're going to rain, and when you come back outside, it's raining. <laughs> and then when you get on your side of town, it's not. No, no. <laughs> so I mean, we having those. Uh, I um having those now this week. You know. Okay. May's already May's already here. April shower should have been came, but you know, <laughs> June May May's gone rather. Um, but I'm actually um I just actually um go in for my procedure today. Um, so we're gonna do another, you know, run another run another scope. Um, just I guess I guess the GEGD doctor wants to scope just to make sure that the medication that he's given me. For the um, infection slash um, the ulcer and all that's working, I'm not sure what he's going for, but um, he's going back today about um, going in about 10:30 to get that done. Even though I'm going to the hospital this time because I don't know why he, he, I think he wants a second opinion. You know, sometimes you, you know, he, I think he wants to get these. He want to make sure because right. he, you know he did you know send the box off, they put it on the microscope, and just you know they you know they saw that. 
So he just want to go into the hospital and get another professional opinion and let them run it from a hospital perspective so they can be, you know, conclusive that this is what, you know, is true. I mean, I'm pretty sure he doing what he do best. Right. And uh, so I, I'm accepted to that because I want to make sure, that man, I want to make sure I mean, he he knows me. He said that, that he had second and third opinion in the office, so he's going to send us to you know go to the hospital to the outside source and you know to let them also come to that conclusion, which has already been concluded. But he wanted to so you know because it, it could very well be not be there this time. You feel what I'm saying? I'm just saying, hey, because we don't know how God works in the miraculous, the mysterious, and miraculous ways. You know, we never know. So, so we're going in for a second one. This morning, so yeah. pray for me here. <laughs> I think about it. Is Arthur on today? I heard now, you know, he's on vacation, so you know, he might. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but you know, he always gets on later. And I think I missed the word yesterday. I was doing, I don't know what I was doing yesterday. I forgot. I was in the hospital, again, you know, uh, pre opting. Uh, <clears throat> and I've never been to this hospital before. The only time I went to this hospital was 14 years ago when I had my baby there. So, you know, all the records that were just for her, there's a whole different side of the hospital. So <clears throat> so I had to go get pre out. So that took me about a good two hours in the hospital. So I just went in. Right after I got the phone about losing, losing my – when I got back on, I had to get back off and lost my – losing my um, service and losing, losing my information to go to that interview yesterday. So. I wasn't able to listen to the word, but I'm going to go back and listen. But it's all good. But I guess it's just me and you today? For the moment, dear. For the moment. Okay. Okay. It's, it's just you and me, babe. Okay, boo. <laughs> uh, that's, that's all it need to be right now. Hey, there you go. It's just you and me, me and you. Have oh, okay. Well, that's okay. I, I, I can, I can, I can uh, I truly appreciate the moment. <laughs> I had to laugh. <laughs> oh, God. I had to laugh. I actually, you know, this morning I did something that I haven't done in a long time. What's that? Flip. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't get, I mean, I didn't get up this uh I did not get up this um this morning. You know, normally four, three or four, but I didn't get up this morning. Uh, and that was you know, normally the three or four o'clock call always comes in. So but I got up at five. But still, normally the three o'clock, three or four. I normally be up reading the word and you know, talking to God and I didn't get up this morning, so I thank God for, you know, uh Allow me to rest an hour longer than I've been resting for. Mm-hmm. And but you know what? When I do that, Sam, I feel um, I feel bobbleheaded or something. Like I'm off balance, off kilter, you know. <laughs> and God forbid, I sleep past uh, I sleep past um, seven because I'll be I'll be I mean I'll be sick. I just really be nauseated. I mean like vertigo and all of this bobbleheaded and. All of, you know, I, really, I can't, I don't know why my body does that, because ever since my daughter was a baby, I operated on five and six hours of sleep. Mm. 
And that's, that's probably got a lot to do with my weight, too, because, you know, they say rest is a part of, you know, a whole this whole cycle of rest and breathing and all of this is a part of weight. Um, you know, how you need all the rest all the, for your body can, whatever it does. But, you know, that, I mean, that's what I heard, that rest was a factor in weight. Mm-hmm. I just heard so, that. Um, huh? I, said, I, I just heard that today on the TV. Well, the rest part. I'm not surprised, though. Huh? I said, I just heard that today on the TV. I said, but I'm not surprised, though. Yeah, rest, because I guess when, you, when you're resting, you're not eating. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But still, seriously, though, I, I read it somewhere, you know, in, you know how when you try to study mm-hmm. how, to, how to start, when to start, and what to start with, um, um, you read first. You educate your mind, because I mean, later, of course, I can go in the doctor and, and quote what we what I'm supposed to have, what I'm not supposed to have. But the fact is that you have to educate your mind for your mind and your body to work together. You know, so you know, upon reading the articles, you know, you go to the hospital and you read the articles about. Because I always get the, um, the the one about the healthier eating, healthier ideas, healthier this and healthier that, and educate myself on what it would take for me to finally let that light bulb in my lifestyle turn on. You know, and sometimes you just have to do it. You have to despite your willpower and just do it. You know, um, it's, it's it's the same thing we do on the line. It's the same thing that you know, like I'm, I'm with the thing on on Sunday. You mm-hmm. feed yourself. I'm doing what? I said same thing that we do on the prayer call, and I said it's the same thing that we're doing on the on the call that we're doing on Sunday. If you keep feeding yourself, not just food, but we're talking about good food, we're talking about spiritual food, we're talking about yeah. mind, you keep feeding it, then you'll start moving in that direction and growing. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? We as, well, me, and I am a lazy, I'm not going to admit this, <laughs> a lazy person when it comes to, edu- I mean, when it comes to writing the strategy, writing the plan, writing the, I mean, you know, not just get this on when you're on the fly rushing and and not thinking about eating healthy. You just I'm gonna just go grab this here. Okay, Maria, if you're gonna grab that whatever you grab and grab something more healthier than you put in your mouth. You know, you, you just grab it and say, oh well, no, we I really have to be more conscientious about what I'm putting in my mouth is gonna be a, a detrimental to my health. Health right. nowadays, nowadays of anything, you know. Right, you know, because I know that I thank God that you know I sit in in, in a, a, a doctor's office, I sit in the emergency room or wherever I am at, and they take my blood pressure, and my blood pressure sitting at one fourteen over seventy nine. Really, Cause, you know, I'm just listen to me now. Then listen to me. Maria is morbid obese, okay? But my blood pressure is that of a horse. You understand me? So I'm like the girls looking at ooh. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, it's surprising, ain't it? I said, I know when my, when my blood, like one lady, she ran my blood pressure, and it was like 139 over something. I said, you know what? That's not my blood pressure. Mm. I said, you can retake it if you want because that's not mine. Because I know, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm morbid obese. I'm a category of morbid obese. But everything that I am, this one, this one big disease that I have is going to reflect everything that goes in my mouth with my body. Because it's a high, it's a, I'm a high risk for everything, everything. And I wouldn't have thought that Elsa would have been, you know, the thing. But 
Every, and it could be it's contributing too. It's contributing to it's a, you know obesity is you know my I just learned I mean now things are happening okay I had hyperlipidemia which that's cardiovascular if I don't keep the low fat out of my diet okay I already it's already there I'm taking the the Lipitor right now okay Lipitor its side effect is diabetic when I had my lab done last week week well last month and I'm borderline. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear that? So, so all of this that's coming from what obesity, and you know. So I, I right now is either sink or swim, Maria. You have to. You know, you we, we I have to. And I had always said I never want to be made to lose weight. Never want to be made to do that. Now I have to. Period. For longevity. <laughs> If I could say it that way. Thank God, Shelf. Because I always pray for willpower. You know what I mean? I always pray for willpower. But it's just like I need to grab that willpower and whoop it behind. I ain't saying behind either. I don't mean behind either. So that way my sister is being supportive. She's not bringing in junk in the house (laughs) when she goes to shop. I said, you ain't got no chip over there? No, I ain't got no chip. (laughs) <laughs> because you know she went grocery shopping Sunday, right? You know I ain't got no chip because she. I mean I understand her. So when I do my grocery shopping this weekend, because um, I'm just taking our time and pacing ourselves, I have to be more conscientious of what I'm what I'm purchasing. Even not only for me now, because I'm not the only one in here who is who is top heavy, who is heavy. So. Uh, Cause all I, I, I'm already border. I mean, when I saw that borderline diabetes, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I said, only because I'm taking this lipitor. Cause he said that's one of the side effects. I go, oh, wait, wait, wait. But he said, oh, your cholesterol is normal. I'm like, okay. You know, the hyperlipidemia. That's normal, but I'm still take those pills. I'm still take those pills. Just because he said it's normal. Uh uh-uh. uh but um, you're you going to be running the air because um, um, natural lady now, nah, huh? No, it ain't going to happen. Well, you better get a talk then. I'm not going to do natural. I'm going to do what you do. I might do juice. Okay. I might do juice. I might do juice, and I might do my own smoothies with the 10-day, you know, spinach and kale and, um, mm-hmm. and the actual um, fruits and vegetables and maybe almond milk. Instead mm. of uh, you know something like that, because I already had started something chia seeds and maybe flax seeds, and I got my little regime about what I want to do, and maybe some um do a uh, protein shake, a protein, because I got some. I like monster milk, and I'm, I know it's probably high in calories, but I got to read the labels. That's what I got to do, read the labels on that. Try to change my breakfast or my lunch, one of them to liquid. You know what I mean? Start somewhere, mm-hmm. and not just drink the liquid as a shake, maybe. <laughs> Along with the meal, but I I want to do something more sensible, like um pro I have uh some protein breakfast, like a cereal with a lot of protein in it, and then go for I mean protein based foods. You know what I mean? Fish, mm-hmm. um, fish and um chicken and maybe um you know the fish the fish family of chicken, and try to pull from the red meat because I know the red meat. <laughs> I told the I was told the red meat is not good. Period. I've been to it, but. Uh, but now I need to really do it now. Mm-hmm. 
because I've been educating myself so for so long and not really. Oh, yeah, okay. And I, you know, reading while you're eating a sandwich, really, a burger or whatever, I'm just saying. That's just, uh, I'm just using that example, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay, I do that. Uh, oh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Eating a burger while reading, no, reading the article? No, you know. Because <clears throat> I already got the exercise thing implemented, so somebody was going to put it in my, if I put it on my body and, and, and not put it in my mouth, it ain't doing me no good. I mean, you know, water aerobics and going to the gym. If I ain't doing the other part, then what, you know, what good is it? Just toning me? Yeah, but I need to be dropping, you know. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today, God. Thank you for the rise of the sun. One more day in my, in my face to shine upon me, God. Thank you for being the keeper of my soul last night as I slept in slumber, as we slept in slumber, God. I'm gonna be. I don't want to be selfish and giving all honor and glory to you, God. I want to share you with the world, God. And I thank you for waking us up this morning, so that we can we can rise with the with the morning sun and the thanksgiving in our heart, God. And as we go before your throne of grace each and every day with the song in our heart and the praises on our lips, God, I thank you for for this life itself, God, and letting us have an open mind to receive the words and the prayers and the praises that are going to go, go forth today, God. Let each word and prayer permeate our hearts that we can continue to lift up praises to you, God. I thank you for continually letting us see you in everything that we do, God, and let us humble ourselves to, to give back, to be selfless, in our walk today, God, and every day. It is in Jesus' name I humbly submit this prayer to you, and I say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, what's funny? I'll read this to you. When you change your thinking, you change your beliefs. When you change your beliefs, you change your expectations. Ooh. When you change your expectations, you change your attitude. When you change your attitude, you change your behavior. Mm-hmm. When you change your behavior, you change your performance. When you change your performance, you change your life. Okay. Shall you send that to me? 3026 <laughs> Destin Circle? Because I needed to put that in a uh, on a in a frame <laughs> just to motivate me. I'm serious. Are you done? I, I got it, baby. I look, I don't learn how to scan an email, so I'm good are you, enough. Are, yeah. Are you done with? That? Is it anymore? Oh well, wait a minute. And now this is this is the this is this summarizes what you were saying. Good morning. It says, wait, hold up. Here goes. I like all the stuff about improving the quality of my life. Just tell me how to do it without changing anything. Wow. Okay. Now, can you send? I need that. I really do. I'm serious. I need that right now. Scan it, drop it in the email, send it in the text, send it to me. I need that. I need that. I will frame it, and I will recite that every day that I rise. Every day that I rise. Because, I, you know, that's, I like that. You better send it. If you don't send it, I'm going to hound you like a dog in the heat. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> send it to me, please. Thank you. Baby, I do it. You bang. Wow. I, okay, boo. <laughs> oh, wow. But I do have a word that I want to share uh, before I get up out of here. 
Um, I'm not sure who's listening, but good morning, whoever popped in, if they popped in. Genesis 4-9. Hold on. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Let me go back for a minute. Um, Genesis 4, chapter 9, New Living Translation. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's keeper? And you know the topic of my devotion of today, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper, Cain asked. God's answer, God's answer throughout the rest of the scripture is an unequivocal yes. God intends for us to be social beings, to love, care for, and protect each other. The mark of any society is how well it cares for those who cannot care for themselves. A selfish society cares well for those it values but does not care well for those it does not. A society that reflects God's kingdom does well for the least of its members. God's people are called to do good to all people, regardless of race, gender, or position. In many ways, we are our brother's keeper. Now, there's other top there. There's other script, um, related scriptures to this this devotional. It's just that I use Genesis. Um, I use Genesis four nine. There is a Genesis two eighteen through twenty five. Genesis three, the whole chapter. Genesis four one through six. Matthew two one through eighteen. Psalm two one through twelve. There are seven different topics. But when we when I look at this when I look at this script this this devotional. The society that we live in now is selfish because if you, when you turn on the television set and you see all the robberies, all the killings, all these, this, this turmoil in this world that we live in, um, you have to wonder. You have to really say this world is not selfish. It's, it's selfish. And I don't know why this thing is not. Hold on. This world is what is selfish. So I thank God for us on this line every day trying to, I mean, our, in the will of God, being self, learning to be selfless. Learning to, because sometimes it's a learned thing. When you have what you have, you don't want to have it. It can be selfish. But we thank God that we're on this call learning to be selfless to a world that is crumbling under the selfish intention society, you know. Mm. So I thank God for that. And what I got from that is that always put the lesser first because you never know one day. Hallelujah. I'm living it right now. And, I, and I'm not living it, but I'm just telling you. I, I am in the process of not, not saying to be because um, one day I might be in that same position. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The less fortunate, the, you know, not just saying that I, 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 my desire to be there, Sometimes he'll put you there because your setback could be your come up. He could put you in a position where your setback can be your come up. Because sometimes we 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 can get to a dead end. Oh Lord, those those D's again, baby. Six faces of faith. I'm gonna put my operate those D's at those P's. But we could be at a dead end just before our deliverance. So when you think of all this loss, just wait on him and trust him. So that's what I got from the lesson today. We are our brother's people. When someone in need, we lift them in prayer, or we do what we can to help them. We've all experienced that. We've all experienced that selfless, selfness, selflessness 
act. We all have done that. Because our heart, we have a heart of God. And we love our, our family, our friends. When, when they hurt, we hurt. You know? When they hurt, we hurt. Even if it's not immediate. We are our brother's keeper. As we lift up the morning, and lift up the different facets of prayer. We are our brother's keeper. We're praying for world, we're praying for world change, world peace in the different facets of our communities all over the world. You in Chicago, we in Atlanta, all the Alabama. Come on, we, we, you know, all over the world, we're reaching. So that's what I meant. Um, you know, that's what I said. We are our brother's keeper. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It, I la- you know what? You understand this. I laugh because it's a joy in my heart when I finish my devotion because I share good news to his people. I always get a little giggle because I think it's awesome to share the good news about how good God is and how good and wonderful he is. It does my heart joy, unspeakable joy. Amen. Amen. So when you hear, so when you hear me giggle, it's just only because I just I knew I shared good news with my people, my family. Family needs good news. When you share the good news, it's always beautiful and wonderful. To 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 to, to you know, it makes me it makes. Giggle because every time I every time I do my devotional or even some something that's good that I share with you all, it does my heart good that the ears I pray that the ears are open to receive it and their spirit eat it up because I eat some stuff up. You hear me? But say I'm be quiet. <laughs> when it's the word of God, I told my mother the other day. I said when they talk about God, I can talk all day long because I know there's a calling that He wants me to fulfill. You know. um, Every time I get in front of uh, uh, um, in front of God's people in song, I know that He's using me as an instrument to to break down the barriers of, of 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 Pharaoh's heart in people to let them know that there He's right here. You know, um, I, I I sung Sunday. Um, and I'm pretty sure they they posted on Facebook. And I sung Sunday, he will keep us in perfect peace. Now, Sam, when you're living in perfect peace, and then you have to sing to God's people who are out in the in the, in the in the in the congregation, to he will keep you. When you're a witness to that thing, Sam, <laughs> when you're a witness to that, that that peace that he gives you, you can really share the peace that God has given you. Good morning. You can really share the peace that he's given you. And I tell you that I gave them God from my heart because I because right now I have a peace that's a passion understanding within me right now that I, I, I just, whew, you just, it's, it's a feeling. Oh, what a feeling. Oh, what a feeling. To have that peace, go make you some sandwiches because y'all gonna be up there for at least four hours. Go make some sandwich. Go make four. So I gotta be to one o'clock. What time is it? Oh, it's twelve. We'll leave it at ten. Get you go get you some eat. But I thank God um, that 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 I can share 
the good of what he's doing for me in my life as far as the growth, the change. And, you know, this call is a hook. It's the it's the it's the spirit open it's the gates that open me up to you know the word and the, and the word of God open my heart up to give give him more of me, amen, <laughs> amen. But it's me and you, babe. I don't know if Renee on or not, but it's me and you, baby. I'm gonna go ahead, huh? I like it, baby. You like it? Okay, I, I'm glad you like it, honey. You're going to love it when you see my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and lift up my list. I'm going to do, um, do um, prisoners and I'm going to do um, um, sick and shut in. We have come onto the slide to magnify your name. And worship him. We have gathered on this line to magnify his name and worship him. We have come onto this line to magnify his name and worship Christ our Lord. Worship him, Christ. Our Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, dear most righteous one, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for all the blessings that you're going to bestow upon us each and every day as we walk this journey with you hand in hand, God. Although our, our day, road might be rough and our going gets tough, but you're going to be there to help us climb that mountain of, of life that we, that we so carry walk on this journey, God. So, God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, I continue to live up to you to sick and shedding, God. God, right now, I know, I, I pray that you hear the hearts of your people that do, who have the desire to want to be healed, who have the desire who want to be restored, who have the desire to continue. Call out your name, Father, 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 help me. Lord, have mercy on me right now in the name of Jesus. Heal them and meet them in their need. In their time of distress, pain, aches, God, you know all about what's going on with their lives. So cast out your, your blessings of healing upon their head. Cast out your blessings of deliverance. Cast out your blessings of peace. Cast out those blessings of restoration across the atmosphere, God. We have so many friends and family who are going through their, through their storms, God. So continue to be that that key, that eye in the midst of that storm, that key, that peace, that's in the midst of that storm, God, continue to be there for them and heal their temples so they can walk around as the miraculous signs and wonders like, like the woman, like the, uh, the people who saw those, those Lazarus rise and melt and all those issues of turning water to wine, those miraculous signs that was back in the day uh, so we could be the witness to, to the miraculous signs and wonders here today. God, I also lift up the ones who are in prison. There's a, there are some who's behind the walls. There are some who are in behind their in, in, in prison their minds. Some who are in prison with their bodies. Some who are in prison with their spirit. Right now, I lift up all the factors of the ones who are in prison. God, hear the cries, place your hand upon it, and move the issue out of the way so they can truly feel the presence of you in their lives. The ones behind the walls, forgive them, God. 
because they may have been at the wrong place at the wrong time, or they could even be be actually assailant. But right now, God, when they look up to you for the help that they need and the forgiveness, forgive them for they know not what they did and bless them and meet them right in their forgiveness. Let them have the heart and the zeal to want to live for you behind those bars. Change their mindset, change their ways, and let them feel your presence in each and every day that they read your book of life. It is in Jesus' name I'm going to submit this prayer to you, and I say amen, amen, amen. Amen. And amen. Let's forget about ourselves and concentrate on him to worship him. Let's forget about ourselves. And concentrate on him and worship him. Let's forget about ourselves and concentrate on him and worship Christ our Lord. Worship him, Christ. Our Lord. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it is good to forget about ourselves in our walk. You know what? Huh? I was I was um Actually, thinking yesterday and today, and since you said that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was just thinking about people get on me about my response when they're saying, you know, me being a pastor, me being a minister, and mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm like, eh, well, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't really, don't, ain't all gung ho and zealous to do the thing. But. It's funny because I, as I'm thinking, mm-hmm. the more that we're learning and the more um, that we're growing, especially learning about self, in all honesty, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at where I need to be at because. In order for me to really be able to do this, it's like cause as we're learning more and more about self, and self being involved and stuff, in order for me really to be efficient in mm-hmm. doing this, then I need to be successful. Yeah. The more that I'm tapping into God and mm. you know, and allowing <laughs> Him to guide and direct me, so it's like so. It's like you know, most people. Because even listen to Pastor Mark, sometimes my response. I understand it. I'm passionate about it. I'm doing it, but is it what I want to do? Not really. But that ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, All I'm right. in need of it, and I'm being willing and obedient. And as I'm doing more of it, I, you know, I get, I ain't gonna say I like it more, but I get more, I get more used to it. But it's just the whole concept, you know. So, actually, in all actuality, even even in that capacity, me being more selfless, that allows mm-hmm. 
to work through me more. And even so, and so though most people might not understand it, mm-hmm. I'm really where I need to be at in regard to walking in that capacity. Because if you, if you, because if you, in saying that, because if you go to, if you jump out there, it may, not, you may, you may, you, I mean, if you jump out there, you may, he may not be ready for you to be out there yet. Right, jump, not just jumping out there in the way that you yeah. jump, and all of that. Yeah, you know? all of that. It's, it's a, it's a positioning. It's a lining up. It's a, you know, you know, Pastor Lamore, he may operate differently than you. Nate may operate differently than you, but still, you have to wait on God. Right. If you go do that because man said do it, then you may do it and what God said. What God said, do it. Correct. You know, and if you feel in your all heart of your heart, you're praying over yourself and God giving you the when it when it's time, it's gonna be your time and when it's time, it's gonna blow up. You understand what I'm saying? So so just because some man a man say that you should be doing more, you gotta wait on God and God to send you the financials, send you what you need, your tools that you need in order to be prosperous mm-hmm. and not do it any old because Zojo said it's time. Mm-hmm. Just because God may have told him it was time, it might not be time for you, it might be time for him. Okay. <laughs> you know, because if you don't feel it in your, in your heart and your spirit that it's time, then you can't move until he tells you to move, right? Yeah, I mean, I can, Amen. but out of position because out, yeah, out of me. It's not of you. You're right. You're right. You're going to move because somebody said we need to move now? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be just, a man can deceive, okay? We don't, we don't, let's not forget that, mm. you know. And, and, and like I said, when I said uh, we have to uh, forget, our, forget about ourselves, every day that's, that's a task to forget about ourselves and, and be selfless every day mm. because Jesus went out and taught every day. Mm. He wasn't trying to teach because he wanted, he teaching because, of the people that need to hear the word. They need it. Been, they needed it. He's being selfless. Mm-hmm. Like he was selfless. I ain't going today. They ain't listening to me. Why should I be going today every day? That's flesh. But he wasn't, in, I mean, he walked the earth, but still. And, 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 I, and I, we have to practice selflessness every day. I can see somebody uh, stumbling with a cane or crutch or. I'll be there at 1030. Oh, my God. Okay. It gives it. Um, a cane or stumbling with something, I'm going to reach out to them because they're the less, to me, they're less fortunate. They may have all the money in the world, but that one person to help them keep them from falling, it might be me. Mm. That's the selfless act. And that's not, a, that's not because I, 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 I won't, I have to. It's because I want to. Right. If I see somebody coughing, you okay, you want to give me some water? You always, that's the selfless act that we take for granted. But God said it, us, the angels, to do his business on here on earth with people who are less fortunate than us. Mm. We might be one day less fortunate. Mm. Okay. You never know. You're right. So, and it's, and it's a, it takes practice, though, Sam, because some people are still wrapped up in that what mine is mine, you got to get yours. Mm. But when you get you on the other side of not having, and you get on the other side of, um, what I want to say, the other side of the, of the, on, of the green grass, <laughs> and your grass not turned to dirt, <laughs> then you got to be empathetic. Come on now, because you gonna you gonna be that he could put you right there at any given moment. <laughs> in any anything, okay. huh? Anything, anything, anything. Any given, anything. Losing home, losing a spouse, losing you know, just losing. 
Mm-hmm. On the losing end, you can spiral out of control, and you don't know how to control it, but give it to him. And then be self-blessed when you start operating in his capacity because you get to the point where I'm to the point. Now, look, I'm going to look up my real now. I'm going to give it to him because he is a supplier. That's what the word says. I'm going to supply all your needs according to his yes. riches, not in glory. So I'm going to give it to him because he's a supplier. I'm going to give it to you because you're the supplier. Right. Every day I'm going to give it to you because the book says, the word says, you never leave it or forsake me. Mm-hmm. You'll supply all my needs according to his riches, not mine, because I ain't got to be rich. Mm. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. <laughs> give me the strength to do what I have to do. You know the song. Yesterday gone and tomorrow may not never be mine. <laughs> but that's how I live now. That's how I've always been living. And it just took this call, thank you, Jesus, to open up that, that Pandora's box in my life. Mm. And, that, no. and, that, and that sabbatical that you had made me think more. Mm. About feeding God's people more. And I said I'm not gonna be a I'm not gonna you know, I ain't gonna never say what I'm gonna do. But to give people God, that's all you gotta tell me. Mm-hmm. Then wanna do that all my life. Through song though. Not word, but through song. But I've learned to speak about his goodness to others and speak about that I'm not even I was my pastor yesterday, Sam. And I and he was at the, the vocational Bible study, and I sat beside him. I said, "Can I tell you something?" He said, "Yeah, what's going on?" I told him about what's going on with me, but you know what? I said, "All I want you to do is pray for me, because I know he because I gave it to him, and I and he and he got this." And he shook his head. He said, "You got that? You got my prayer?" I said, "You know, I told him about what was going on, you know, because he and I said I haven't told many people, but I because I know he got it, and I got him and walked away." That man had a look on his face. He nodded at me, and I walked. Away. I walked away because I didn't, I didn't have to dwell because I knew who had it. I knew who had it. You feel me? Mm. I didn't have to dwell on on whoa 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 because I knew who had it. Okay. And he was very he he was very he's like all right. He's like all right, and nodded, and I got up and walked away. Cause I can't, I can't sit in woes. I can't sit in woes because I'm, I'm doubting him. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? Right. I can't live my life in woes because I'm gonna live it to the fullness, to the fullness that he wants me to live it to, and continue to do his business, not my, mine, his business, my father's business. Excuse me. <clears throat> because a woe will turn into stress. I don't need that. <laughs> Waration will turn it open up a whole other window of doubt. You feel me? Mm-mm. Can't do it. Won't do it. Because I'm giving it to him and casting. I'm a true believer of casting all my cares upon him. Well, Lord, and I talk to him like that every day. Lord, what are we going to do? Lord, have mercy. What are we going to do, Lord? I do that every day. That's my habit, talking about talking to him. That's my habit. I love it. <laughs> well, Lord, what are we going to do, Lord? Well, Lord, my back hurt, Lord. You know, Lord, take that pain away. Lord, have mercy. I thank you, God. You know, for the pain and let me know I'm still alive. <laughs> and that's what I do every day. So, good practice makes perfect. And that's how I live my life. But I don't want to talk. I'm not going to boast on me because I'm going to, because God, people need to be fed. So, if I'm going to be that too, because yesterday, yeah, oh, God, you showed minister to my spirit. I said, well, I'm being that instrument, that tool. It wasn't about me. 
Okay. I'm just being, I'm being the instrument. I ask for him to make me a tool and use me as his instrument of praise, and that's what I'm doing. Okay. That's what I'm doing through song at church and of course. But um, I'm just being a tool. I don't take no, I don't take no acclamation for what I do because that's God's, that's God's acclamation. Praise Him, praise Him for giving giving me the gift, the talent. Praise Him, you know. I praise Him because I know how to minister to His people through song. I'm working on that. I'm working on that spoken speak now. I'm working on my speech now. So. Yeah, I'm working on my speech. I'm walking. I'm walking now. So I'm talking real fast. So I get excited when it, you know, I get excited when it comes to the word of God, honey. I be talking all kind of geeky. You won't probably hear me talk then. I be talking all kind of geeky. <laughs> but I do slow down when it comes to the word of God. I do slow it down. I have to because God, people need to hear. Mm-hmm. His words come alive at my mouth. I mean, come alive and walk. The boldness of my of of, of him in me. I'm gonna be like Mo, who said Moses couldn't talk. Which one that couldn't talk? Moses, right? Not Moses. That was Moses. Yeah, he couldn't talk. Honey, I would slow it down like the brown cow has. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> just so the people can hear. Mm. And the spirit be plucked, you know. But anywho, I'm gonna go brush my teeth and do my hair so I can get out of here. I'm gonna go on mute, okay? Okay, I was gonna comment on one thing that you said. Go ahead, go ahead, babe. Go ahead. Um, being selfless mm-hmm. and and in walking in that capacity, you learn how to be obedient and to trust God. Ooh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> You, as for you, you all didn't know, but um, Sunday, I was mm-hmm. like, "What? Really? I don't feel like doing this." I just, I said, "No, I, God, you're leading me this way." Don't really understand it, and I don't even know if anybody's gonna be. You know, I, I go through that. You know, like, why am I doing this? What's the purpose? I really got other stuff to do. Mm. But I said, "No." I'm gonna be obedient. We did the call, and that was the best call that we have had yet. But Sam, you not seeing the big picture, and I'm gonna give it to you like this right here. You may think that your, what we're doing Sunday or what we're doing now is for your construction. It could be for something else. Think about that. That's for a lot of different things, but the job, you, it's, it's not yeah. it's not so much with me. I'm, I can I can say it like this. And I can just be personal. With me, it's not so much seeing the big picture, but when when you've been striving and looking and, and stuff for so long, now it's like, you know what, I don't want to be bothered. I'm tired, but you got me and doing made, even more so. You know, so with me, it's just a matter of, you know, I'm, I'm just at, at the, the place that I'm am, but then I'm trying. Well, the poem, if you can, if you can, what was the poem? The last stanza. If you can get up and rebuild it again with broken down, worn out tools. That mm-hmm. that that's where I'm at. That, all right, all right. Okay. Well, you're right. You didn't want to do it Sunday, but you got up and did it, and you were blessed by it. And other people were too. Too. Yes. 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 It was. You know, like I was trying to get off a couple of times, but you know it just flowed that way. So like, I don't, you Reggie know. Got on. 
Yeah, I, I don't know where it's going, but I, I said, mm-hmm. okay, God, you again are showing me this is what you want to do, so. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, Lord, you know. Being obedient. Right, again, and, and that's what it is. So that's another part of being selfless, walking yep. in obedience and trusting God, because that's where I am. I mean, because, you know, that, that, purpose, that particular call right there is purposely for financial prosperity mm-hmm. and gaining and wealth. You know, but yeah. it's still based on biblical spiritual principles. So it's, it's you know, and in all actuality, all of that should flow together, but its focus is on business building. And that's all what right. the God needs anyway. He needs business builders who are willing to understand and walk in his word and in his anointing and let them guide them, especially in these last days, because what we need to be able to finance the gospel and fight off the attacks of the enemy and mm-hmm. and. By you know, Amen, Amen, Amen. So therefore, those now you see where you're. You know, now we see that He's working in the midst of everything that we do. All things, correct. All things, everything that we do, He's working in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. So we can We dare not pull back. Pull not back. What you tell me? That's it. Pull not. <laughs> that's, that's, pull that's, not that's, back. Now, now, now you done made me touch on something else. Again, <laughs> become selfless. Again, by us giving to one another like we have learned and are learning to do and to walk in. Mm. I mean, giving, I'm blessing you, but you're turning around and blessing me. And, again, that, that's being selfless. Mm-hmm. Amen. Pull not back because he's pulling not back. Sonny, you want to pull back? No. It's not about you, boo. It's us now. Okay. <laughs> you know that what is the Corinthian Corinthians, the hand need the foot, the body the body of Christ, what is it? Is it Corinthians or Colossians? Which one was it with the hand and the foot and all of them in the Bible? The hand is can't do nothing without the without the foot and the head and mind. I think it's it's Corinthians, I think it's in Corinthians. But um phew, I'm just not my purse. But um yeah. Oh yeah. You get blessed from it, and, and, and it's going to get better and better because it's giving you tools and ideals to write down, like you said, you've been writing stuff down, to use. Huh? To use to upbuild yourself through the help of God and, uh, and, and others. Everybody's going to do, do this on the same platform. Mm. But you need those. You need all the other, other, I need you, we need each other to supply, mm. survive. Because you may not be thinking on the same parallel, like Erica said. we got different parallels of thinking. We're on different levels. You know, you and Renee and all some of the other people are already in the business of their work. They just need to have a, uh, what am I trying to say, a, a refreshener or a um, next level of thinking, a next level of thinking, what, what can I do to, to hide your plane more than where I'm already at? Because sometimes we can plateau and not even know it, we, and know that we're in a plateau and don't know how to get out and go to the next level. You know, like when they said all those business competition around her, around her, you know, competition is out there everywhere you go. It's just that what I'm, what I'm going to do to make my, myself stand out, not to, not to say not stand out, but make myself marketable for somebody to say, hmm, let me, let me try her. Because all it takes is one word of mouth. The word of mouth will get you. I, was, I know this girl who does excellent work. She does excellent this and he does excellent that. And, and right up under the, and, 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 and charge less, too. Mm. And then before you know it, and within a year, you, you're going to go back up. You're going to start out low, but you're going to go back up to the competitor's price. 
It's just a matter of of, of how you're going to strategize your the market. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't give that away for free, but you can come under the, under the radar of everybody else's prices. Right. And that's how you start. And then after a year's time, okay, due to inflation or due to cost 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 changes, we're gonna I'm gonna go back to regular prices, especially if you're doing something like construction, because you may be charging somebody a hundred dollars for something because. In other places, start one fifty. But come next six months to a year, you're gonna be back up to that one fifty. Strategizing your market—that's all you're doing. Next, you know, doing your doing your research and and all of that, and coming right in the middle. Somebody may be charging two hundred for your that same work you're doing, and the other place may be charging um, one seventy five or one eighty. Well, you go one one seventy five. One seventy, <laughs> and probably get the sale. You know, that's just that's just business. So that's for Sunday. I'm sorry, boo. I'm sorry, boo. Well, I Because <laughs> you start out that way, God gonna bless you anyway. Because he's gonna he gonna be in the midst of it all. He gonna send the people to get. He gonna send them to you. You know. So yeah, I'm finna brush my teeth now, saying you like. Play some music or pray or something. I'm going to brush my teeth right away. Go ahead oh. for a minute. Go ahead for a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, whoa, hold up. Do y'all need to go to the zoo and put y'all back in the cage or something? Jesus. Good morning. Hi, I'm Miss Gloria Lane. What's up, Miss Gloria Lane? How are you? I'm well. How are you, folks? I'm doing pretty good. I shall not complain. I shall not complain. You're on your way to your job, Lee. Good morning. Yep. Okay. That's why you make the big bucks, baby, because you care about what you do. He must be out in his garden. Uh, uh, I'm walking around looking for my father. He must be out in the garden. Kind of figured as much. All right, I guess we we'll go ahead and uh, knock out our listers and stuff like that. She did sick and shut in. She did prisoners. What else we got left? Got my four. I get to have four lists. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, ah, watermelon juice is good. I guess I'll knock out my list of sis. Rambo <laughs> Borosilkosa, <laughs> Handarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarakadarak
Teresa Crosby. Hundred 
CFF, Travis Crockett, Larry Soames, City of Osaka, and Rosemont. On brochure to go station, 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 to Last list is financial breakthrough. Shandra Kosesh, 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 Rabaka. Hanu Kosesh, 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 Rabaka. Uru Kosesh, 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 Uru Kosesh, 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 Okay, we got congregations and churches. Receipts and hospice. Friendship to ministries and their families, missionaries, unsaved, and I think that's it. But that's all, folks. Come on, somebody step up to play. Amen. 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 She's back. <laughs> And the car traveling, honey, with these with these knuckleheads. Hey! 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 <laughs> in in there with the knuckleheads trying to get to the um get to the hospital. In your children. My niece and my daughter. Hey! Hey! You know what? We actually make no song about it, Mr. Slayer. We make no song about it. I'm gonna put them. I'm gonna put them. You ain't gotta sing. You ain't gotta sing. Yeah. No. It's silly. I'm gonna order two on still. And glory, Miss Gloria. I would have owned it too long. Watching her eat her food. When the glory is on, um, I don't know. You look what... so greedy. <laughs> you broken up, Boo <laughs> Extra clip. I don't know what else is on. Just me and you and Miss Gloria. <laughs> Renee may be sleeping in. Grandma must have kept up a long time for the night. <laughs> You want to do another one of those lists? We got uh, congregations and churches. Unsaved. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the unsaved. Uh-huh. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, I lift up to you the unsaved, God. God, you know their hearts, God, and I pray that they they want to, to have the zeal and the desire to draw closer and, and give their lives to you, God. But they may not know that they need you right now, God, so I pray that that you continue to be in the midst of those who wants to know you but don't know how. 
continue to send that comforter, that encourager, that angel into them to encourage them to reach out and give their lives to you, God. And if they don't have that zeal, God, continue to cover them because they, 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 they know not what they're doing and they know not what they want right now. Well, so I actually lift them up to you, God, for your healing power to save them. So for that mindset to want to be saved, God, right now in the name of Jesus, I submit this prayer to you, the keeper of my soul. And I say amen. 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 I, hospice, uh, you said you said hospice. Yeah, deceased and hospice, abuse and addiction. Abuse and addiction. I'm gonna do abuse and addiction. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father God, as I bow, continue to bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, I lift up to you the abuse and the addicted. The the, the individual who are abused and addicted, God. God, I know that sometimes they don't know that they are victims, God, but I pray that one day that those victims become victors in you, God, and they be released or be, be released from that person who is who is causing them harm by their mouth or their, by their, their their physical power or anything that they are going on right now, God. Make their turn their that that victimhood into victorious triumph, God, in their lives. And for the abusers, God, for the abusers and addictions, God, right now, God, I pray that you let them find peace within themselves. To, to realize that they're hurting someone else and even hurting themselves, God. Continue to cast down the spirit of humbleness upon them and let them seek peace in within what they've done and, and ask for forgiveness of the things that they're doing to themselves as well as others. Give them that newfound spirit that replenishes and restores them back to today is a new day that God has blessed me with. Give them that mindset to not to want to do what they do to harm themselves with substance, with harming someone else, items and all of that, God. I give them to you for that peace that surpasses all understanding and their recollection of what I've done and the repentance of their sins, God to harm someone else, to harm their body. Right now, God, I give that facet to you in this prayer, God, to continue to deliver them and to build them and to gird them with, with humility and have this selflessness not to create the acts that's going to harm their temple and harm someone else's temple, God. So right now I lift them up to you for that divine healing in your divine time. It is in Jesus' name I do submit this prayer to you again, and I say amen, amen, and amen. Amen and amen. That's what I'm talking about. Whatever. Through it all. I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Through it all. Because I was once a victim. We all were victims at one point in our lives. All are victims in one point of our lives. But we are victorious in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. What else we got, woman? Oh. Um, I guess I guess uh, prayer shifting ministry, Sammy, did you do that? No, I haven't done that. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you know all about our struggles. 
You know all about our wants, needs, and desires. So, God, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy once again and lift up the prayer shifting ministries, families, as well as the members, God, it starts at, the, at home, God. That's where it starts, the teaching, the molding, the building, the girding. So let the members of prayer shifting the members of prayer shifting ministries families be blessed as long as the beacon who is in the household who's covering and supplying and providing for their family God I lift them up to you for the divine blessing from your hand God continue to walk with us on our journey so we can teach men women boys and girls about the goodness of your love the goodness of your of your saving power the goodness of your grace and mercy that always sustains us. Gird us up, God, so we can teach our generation about the goodness of you. I pray that all is well in each one of our, their families, God. And if not, if not, God, I pray the blessings of healing, deliverance, patience, peace, joy, all the fruits of the Spirit that's in with us, I pray that they manifest in each other, God, that you can share love with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for letting it be a, a blessing to me as I go through my journey, God. And I pray blessings upon their head today and every day. It is in Jesus' matchless name I submit this prayer to you and say amen, amen, and amen. Okay. That's um, worship and ministry. And that's family. What else do we have? We have um, mission at churches and congregations. Dear Heavenly Father, as I bow before your throne of grace and mercy, God, lifting up to you all the masses of churches and congregations across this world, God. I pray that everyone's on one accord when it comes to serving and praising your name, God, because we know that you are the great I am in in each church and congregation that makes us flourish. As new members come to each church and congregation, God, I pray that the congregations wrap them around Wrap their loving arms of God around them because we want the people who do not know God for themselves to know that Jesus in us loves Jesus in them, God. So right now, God, I lift up the church and the congregations for that divine love because the greatest gift that we can give one another is love, godly love, unconditional love, agape love, the love that you give us each and every day to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So right now, God, I pray that every church and congregation wrap their loving arms around each other and lift each other up in Christian love. Christian love. Godly, agape love. Right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the ministers who are in front of the churches and congregations always give God to his people. Let them feed, I can be at 1030, let them feed off the love of God through the word and prayers. And in Jesus' name, I'm going to submit this prayer to you and say amen, amen, and amen. Uh, what else we got? Um, missionaries. That might be it. Missionaries of the season hospitals. Family group. Who got some chips from Charles? Missionaries of the season hospitals. Why are you eating them? Okay, yeah, it's got to be those. Okay, let me let me um go ahead and I'm pray for the um the season hospitals. The season well hospitals rather. Okay. The season, the, okay, the hospitals. Dear Heavenly Father God, you know all about us. You know everything about the sick and shut in. You know everything about what's going on in our lives. But there are some who make who who are going through the valley, right now, God, I pray that you send that angel, send that confidence, send 
send the divine healer for the family to comfort them in their time of loss or in the time of bereavement, in the time of going through the valley, God. Be there with the ones who are in the hospital, because we only know that 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 we only know that your we only no man knows the time or the hour or the moment when when it's time to leave this earth. So right now, God, I pray for the ones who are in hospitals because they can, their miracles are still being performed right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right now in the name of Jesus, be with them. Strengthen the family where they're broken. And it's in Jesus' name I do submit this prayer to you, and I say amen. Amen. And, God, I want to lift up Bobby Christina, God. She's still going through her, going through God right now, so I pray that you continue to strengthen her where she's weak, God. Strengthen her and restore her back, Lord. Restore her back to the help that she wants new, God. She's still holding on, God, and I'm going to lift her up to you right now. For that miraculous sign and wonders in her life, because when the doctor says no, you still can say yes. In Jesus' name, I submit her to you, and I say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. I think the last one got is congregation and church. You're not to do it, but I did congregation and church. It's missionaries, boo. Okay, well, I heard missionaries. <laughs> I'm sorry, boo. God, 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 be with the missionaries as they go forth and do your will, God, right now. Give them the strength of Moses and run on and run on and carry that mission greatly and boldly before you, God. Let them have the strength that they need, the words and the tools that they need to do that missionary work that you have called, ever so called them to do, God. It's in Jesus' name I humbly submit this prayer to you, and I say Amen, Amen, and Amen. Now I think we're done, but I want to lift up um, myself to you, Jesus, because I'm going to take my daughter and choke her right here where she's standing. So humble my hands and arm right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh, what do I do? <laughs> you don't ask for humbleness. You ask for God give me the strength, the strength to keep him choking her out. <laughs> Strengthen his arms right now in the name of Jesus. I don't want to. Hey, good good morning, cheerful people. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm here. My um, hand, I can't, my left hand, I can't move, but I'm here. What's wrong with your left hand, Renee? I don't know. What you done did to it? All I remember was I was clapping Sunday at church, and I might have clapped a little too much, a little too hard. So I might have got some on you. I mean, I mean, doing that hot, doing all those heads you be doing. You get arthritis, Uncle Arthur came to visit. (laughs) Hey, well, we didn't get. Hey, I'm I'm not accepting Arthur or his brother Bruceitis. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm not claiming them too, brothers. No. Right now, right now, God, I speak telling over Renee's hand. Um, she don't know where the the numbness coming from, or either the the can't move in it right. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing over her muscles and her hand. I speak healing because her hands are her are her life. God. So right now, I lift up the healing right now to take place in her hand. Right now, God, take place and let her feel 
and move her hand because that's her livelihood, God. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing over her hand. I speak healing and restoration of that limb that she's so desired and needs. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And it is done. And it is done. So so you slept on it or something, Renee? Oh, no. Oh. That's the only thing I can think of that I might have done something that might have been a little too traumatic. I might have been clapping too hard at church Sunday. You might have changed the heavy diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a joke out of you. know, I'm just making you, I'm making you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it uh, the uh, the whole hand itself? It's it's right it's right in in my wrist, uh, and I would say like at the base of my thumb. And, so you got and it, 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 it's just trying to get like that. Wow! But like it's, it's, a, it's a knot that's sitting like at the base of my um, thumb, and it comes up in between my thumb and my index finger. Mm. That's, what, that's, that's where the swelling is at. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, you might want to put on a brace, Renee. If it ain't moving, so you might want to just brace it. If your finger, can your finger, you still move your fingers, right? I can still move my fingers. Mm. Hmm. Wow. Now to get that checked out, lady. It could be some tendonitis, though, because you you do a lot of hair, right? Right. I use my hands a lot, so. That's what I'm saying. That's your livelihood, baby. That's your livelihood. Well, I pray healing, like I said, over you. It ain't nothing but little nerve, probably nerves, you know. We ain't claiming nothing but a little small nerve, pinch nerve or something like that. You know? Let me try. True. Let me get this plate right here. Um, it's, we're going we're gonna to claim that it's a, 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 a nerve. Just a nerve. It ain't, it ain't nothing major, so in Jesus' name. And, yeah. I, and I look at it like this, too, because um, when we were talking, when I was uh-huh. on yesterday, uh-huh. me and my daughter, we was on our way out the door with the baby to go to the doctor. Uh-huh. And uh, let's see, we left at about 8.20. Okay, we didn't get back home till almost 3 o'clock. Mm. So like me. The baby, the baby only got restless once, and she was good to go up until about I want to say up until about maybe eleven thirty last night. I said that Renee probably slept late because she got that baby crying all night. I said it, didn't I say him? <laughs> I did, didn't I say him? Look, he on mute now, raggedy. Oh, he laughing behind his muteness. <laughs> yeah, he on mute now with his raggedy self. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, but she was out. She, she, we put, took her on out, and she, she did good. And um, she came back home. She we changed her again, and she ate, and she went on back to sleep. I said, okay, cool. All right, now. But 11 o'clock last night, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. Well, at that point, then she woke up again. And we wound up feeding and stuff. Uh-huh. And then she went on back to sleep again. Okay. Okay. I didn't feel this paperwork for the daughter's office. Jesus. 
Mm. I got everything they need. I ain't putting this out. Mm. I ain't going to put it out. Well, thank God um, for that. Um, mm-hmm. Huh? I said, well, thank God that she went on back to sleep because, you know, they have they get their days and nights mixed up as they grow. You're right. But then again, though, too, I was looking back at the woman that had on the Internet. She had 10 girls and one boy. Uh, and uh, I was like, shoot, this right here is a drop in the bucket. <laughs> okay. So like okay. they said, don't complain. Oh, no. Oh, no. You shall not complain, honey. Because it could have been worse. You could have had twins and yeah. triplets, honey. <laughs> yeah. but, but like I said, this woman, she had 11 babies, 10 girls and one mm. boy. More God loves her. <laughs> but yeah. she, probably, she, she, had, she had to be taking some kind of drug then. She had to be taking some kind of fertility. She had to be taking some, something. Because ain't nowhere in the world. The body don't release that many eggs at one time. She must have been on fertility because there ain't nowhere in the world. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. They would feel like this. Whatever she did, we're approved her to be a candidate for it. Let me know so I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's easy. Just say no, Renee. <laughs> hey, Sam. Uh, I thought you was on mute. I knew, I, 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 I knew you were sitting back there on mute, just just trying to wait for a good comeback. <laughs> and, and I'm running back to mute. <laughs> I see. Oh, Lord. I guess this is going to tag you in, huh? Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm like the manager. I come in there and hit you with the chair and jump back outside the ring. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I thought you was about to claim being the girl with the with, with 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 the round number. You know, she jumps jumps in the ring, walks around with the number, and then jumps back out. Well, I got to get my sexy back for that first. <laughs> hmm. Oh man! All right. Well, we've done all the list. I guess we listen to a couple of songs and we get into the reading. Okay.
Money, power, possessions, chasing all that stuff, but still not getting that change inside you're looking for, man, because it won't satisfy. You need to turn away from all that and turn to the cross of Jesus Christ, man. Dying to pay for all your sin clothes. It's
for this reading.
Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're getting ready to do the reading. How wonderful. As soon as I find a book. Uh, no, I haven't heard her yet. I know she was doing, she's going to a funeral and something else, so I haven't heard her. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, did you get that uh, text from Felicia last, yesterday, last night, that prayer? You said what? Did you get that prayer from Felicia last night? Did you get the prayer from the what? Oh, yeah, I was actually listening to it this morning. Is that not something powerful? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, share the Yes, 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 Father, we praise you now. Shit, shit, Rambaka. Yes, 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 Father, we praise your name. Oh, Father God, we praise you. We give you the glory. Yes, yes, Father, we glorify your name. That's interesting. Yes, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, open up and reveal. Speak to us, Lord. Let the word of God permeate, instruct, and pierce. Mm. And that's the pierce, Father. Oh, yes, Lord. Mm. Let your word pierce. Penetrate deep down inside of our spirit, souls, and bodies. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, Father God, we seek an understanding. We seek a revelation. Lord, we seek you. Father God, you are pulling us out of so many situations and circumstances. Father God, you are grabbing hold of us and loving on us. The word of God is a mighty weapon, and you are training us how to use it, how to grab hold of your word, how to walk out on the things of God. Mm-mm-mm. Holy Spirit, forgive us for our iniquities. Forgive us for our yes. sins. Forgive us for yes. those yes. things that we do knowingly and unknowingly, Father. Higher than, Father, love on us. He said love covers a multitude of sins. We're asking for the agape love of God as you begin to reveal us your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. Okay. Here we go. 
Having long been bound by the sin, the child of God easily construes freedom from his power to be life par excellence. Just here lurks the greatest dangers in the days ahead for this one who now concludes that all his pernicious elements within him have been rooted out. He is unaware that even if the old man has died to sin and the body of sin is withered, sin nevertheless has not died. It merely has become an unseated sovereign, which, if given the opportunity, would put forth its best effort to regain its throne. The believer's experience of being delivered from sin may even continue, but he is not thereby rendered perfect. He has yet to deal unremittingly with his self. How deplorable it is should Christians look upon themselves as wholly sanctified when having sought sanctification, they experience deliverance. They are ignorant of the truth that liberation from sin is only the first step in overcoming life. It is but the initial victory given by God as an assurance to them of the many more victories that are to follow. Triumph over sin is like a door. One step taken and you are in. Triumph over self is like a pathway. You walk and you walk for the rest of your days. Upon overthrowing sin, we are called next to overcome ourselves, even the best of self, the zealous and religious self, daily. If one knows only emancipation from sin, but has had no experience of self-denial or loss of soul life, he places himself inescapably in the position of resorting to his natural solical strength to accomplish God's will in his walk. He does not realize that sin apart, two other powers reside within him, spirit power and soul power. Spirit power is God's power received spiritually at regeneration, while soul power is his own granted him naturally while soul power is his own granted him naturally at birth. Whether one is to be a spiritual man or not, whether one is to be a spiritual man or not, largely hinges upon how he handles these two forces within him. The believer enters the rank of the spiritual by drawing upon the spiritual power to the exclusion of that of his own soul. Should he use his soul power or even a combination of the two, the result inevitably should be a soulish or carnal Christian. God's way is plain. We must deny everything originating in ourselves, what we are, <clears throat> what we have, what we can do, and move entirely by him, daily apprehending the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Failure to understand or to obey leaves us no other alternative but to live hereafter by the power of the soul. A spiritual Christian, therefore, is one whose spirit is led by God's spirit. He draws the power for his daily walk from the life given by the Holy Spirit, who indwells his spirit. He does not abide on earth seeking his own will, but the will of God. He does not trust in his cleverness to plan and to, form, to, plan and to perform service toward God. The rule of his walk is to dwell quietly in the spirit, no further influence or control by the outer man. The soulless Christian is eminently different. Though he is in possession of a spirit power, he does not draw upon it for his life. In his daily experience, he persists in making the soul his life 
and continue to lean upon his own self-power. He follows the dictate of his pleasure and delight because he has failed to learn to obey God. To God's work, he brings his natural wisdom, devising many ingenious arrangements. His everyday existence is governed and affected by the outer man. To recapitulate what he has been said, the problem of the two natures has been answered, but the problem of these two lives remain unsolved. Mm, I think I need to read that one again. To recapitulate, recapitulate, whatever that word is. <laughs> to recapitulate what has been said, the problem of the two natures has been answered, but the problem of the two lives remain unsolved. The spirit life and the soul life coexist within us. While the first is in itself exceedingly strong, the second manages to control the entire being because it is so deeply rooted in man. Unless one is disposed to deny his soul life and permit his spirit life to grasp the reins, the latter has little chance to develop. This is apparent to the father for the child of God deprives himself of a spiritual growth. He must be instructed that overcoming sin, blessed though it surely is, but the bare minimum of a believer's experience. There is nothing astonishing in it. Not to overcome sin is what ought to astonish us. Does not the scripture legitimately ask, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Mm, Romans 6 and 2. For to believe what the Lord Jesus died for us as a substitute is inseparable from believing that we have died with him, Romans 6 and 6. What should amaze us then is not the cessation of sinning in those who have died to sin, but the continuance of that phenomenon in them as though yet alive. The first condition is quite normal. The second, altogether abnormal. To be free from sin is not a difficult task when viewed in the light of the finished, perfect, and complete salvation of God. A believer must proceed to learn the more advanced and perhaps more formidable and deeper lesson of a boy in his life. Not only must we hate the sinful nature which comes from Adam, but also the natural vitality upon which we now rely for our living. We must be willing to deny the good which is produced by the flesh, as well as the evil of the flesh. Do not merely forsake all sins. In addition, deliver up this life of sin to death. A walk in the Holy Spirit is not only not committing sin, but also not allowing self to abide. The Holy Spirit can manifest His power solely in those who live by Him. Whoever walks by His natural strength cannot expect to witness the mighty realities of the Holy Spirit. We need to be released from everything natural as well as from everything sinful. If we insist upon walking according to man, not just the sinful, but the all-inclusive natural man, we reject the rule of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How can he exhibit his power if we are set free from sin and yet continue to think as men think, desire as men desire, live and work as men do? We are not leaning entirely upon the Holy Spirit of God to work in us. If we genuinely desire his fullness, we must first break the all-pervasive influence of the soul. All righty. Well, I'm going to stop it there and recapitulate. Recapitulate. There you go. Recapitulate. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother teacher.
Okay. All right, so we're starting off. It says, having long been bowed by sin. Okay, and he noticed having long been bowed by sin, the child of God easily construes freedom from his power to be life power excellent. Okay, he said long been bowed. Again, he see, he's breaking down the, our characteristics, and now he's breaking down not just the sinful nature, but also the self. Okay, and he's showing we've been in this, we've been in this, we've been in this since we've been in existence on this earth. So he says, we should not construe freedom from his power to be life par excellence. Just here there lurks the greatest dangers in the days ahead for this one who now concludes that all perniculous elements within him have been rooted out. So he's basically saying, you know, okay, you're saved. Now the power, remember, sin has power. So the power of sin has been broken from us. So now we not only need not to yield to the power of sin and think that we okay now we're done okay I'm 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 saved I'm I'm healed I'm delivered I have nothing else to you know I, I I've accomplished that so when you got to the point you're saying that you have accomplished that and even in that mindset again that's I I I I I and it's not Christ he says he is unaware that even if the old man has died to sin and the body of sin is withered. Sin, nevertheless, has not died. It merely has become an unseated sovereign, which is given the opportunity, will put forth its best effort to regain its throne. The believer's experience of being delivered from sin may even continue, but he is not thereby rendered perfect. He is yet to deal unremittingly with itself. Sin has power. Sin has a life. Our flesh has a life. Spirit has life. So we so he's basically saying he's separating the sin and flesh from each other as two distinct entities. Okay? And recognizing they, they have a they have a life of their own. How deplorable it is should Christians look upon themselves as wholly sanctified when having sought sanctification they experience deliverance. They are ignorant of the truth. That liberation from sin is only the first step in overcoming life. It is but the initial victory given by God as an assurance to them of the many more victories that are to follow. Triumph over sin is like a door, one step taken and you are in. Triumph over self is like a pathway. You walk and walk for the rest of your days. Upon overthrowing sin, we are called next to overcome ourselves, even the best of self, the zealous and religious self, daily. This is something that we have to deal with every day, ourself. Even the aspect of first we have to recognize that there is a self-life, and then we have to mortify that flesh and recognize and walk in it. And see, even in mortifying the flesh, be be careful that you're not even doing that in self, that I'm putting to death the deeds of the body. You need to still turn that over to Christ and recognize it's already done, crucified with Christ already on the cross, but you have to walk in it. So, again, you, you have to be conscious of whatever you do in your own power, you're not doing in God, and that's what he's trying to really get us to clearly see. If one knows only emancipation from sin, but has had no experience of self-denial or lost soul life, he places himself inescapably 
in the position of resorting to his natural solical strengths to accomplish God's will in his walk. He does not realize that sin apart, two other powers reside within him, spirit power and soul power. Spirit power is God's power regeneration, while soul power is his own granted him naturally at birth. So these are the two powers. Once you're born again, now you have God's power working. But once you were born naturally, you've always had your soul life. You've always had that. And so these two lives, again, the word of God says the spirit and spirit and um spirit and flesh war against each other. Okay, but your soul is one that makes a difference. So that's why we have wars within us. We all our own passions and our own, our, own thought, our own thoughts, and we have to learn how to take control of those and walk in the anointing and calling of God. Whether one is to be a spiritual man or not largely hinges upon how he handles these two forces within him. The believer enters the rank of the spiritual by drawing upon his spiritual power to the exclusion of that of his soul. Should he use his soul power or even a combination of the two, the result inevitably shall be a soulish or carnal Christian. God's way is plain. We must deny everything originating in ourselves. What we are, what we have, what we can do, and move entirely by him. Daily apprehending the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Failure to understand or to obey leaves us no other alternative but to live hereafter by the power of the soul. A spiritual Christian, therefore, is one who is led by the Spirit of God. He draws the power for his daily walk from the life given him by the Holy Spirit, who dwells in his spirit. He does not abide on earth seeking his own will, but the will of God. He does not trust in his cleverness to plan and to perform service toward God. The rule of his walk is to dwell quietly in the spirit, no further influence or control by the outer man. So we must daily see God <clears throat> regarding everything that we do, how we do it. Again, not just what we do, but how we do it. And that, that in itself is powerful because God can show us a direction or a path when we say, okay, fine. But then you also need to seek God for the strength. You need to seek God about how to do it. And and and, and, and most of the time, everything in the God is done in love. So, again, it's not just always seeking God's will for our lives, but then his guidance, his direction, and his strength to walk accordingly as how he wants you to walk. And when you're doing that, see, again, that's trying to keep your connection with God, allowing you step by step. Because, see, it's just like this. God can show you your path, and this is why a lot of times he doesn't show us things. Because he could show us our path. And say, for example, because a lot of us say, I might not go that path, which is true. But say if he does show you the path and say, this is the path I want you to go, then you're going to grab the reins and you're going to go try to do it on your own. And that's not how God is designing this thing. He's designing to take you, show you step by step that you, anything that God does is to answer to him. Jesus came down here to re reestablish the relationship that was lost. So anything that God does, the purpose of it is always to draw you close to him. And, again, that's why he uses trials and tribulations. I talked I messing with Erica yesterday. I said she got promoted, but I laughed because God's promotions are not always the way that we see it. You know, he'll promote us. I mean, you're about to go through some more hell. And, you, and, and the promotion she's talking about was she has no other choice but 
turn to God for every step, every inch. And he uses that as a platform and training ground to make, to see, he knows within you and to make it mm, just, like I said, like to make it pierce, like I said when I prayed this morning. So that it appears, so that it penetrate deep, deep down in. See, when you ain't got no choice but to, I can't move one way or the other, and I got to grab hold of God in order just to be able to breathe, you get a whole nother deeper understanding of how to walk with God. You get a whole deeper revelation of, of His strength. See, it's different when you got something that you can rely on or fall back on. But when you ain't got nothing and everything is at stake and you're calling out to God to, to make a way for you, oh, you, you, it's a whole nother revelation. It's a whole nother aspect of your relationship and of who God is to you. And it gets scary, to be honest with you. It gets hard. That's why most people won't do it. They might sing a good song, but when it really comes to putting the stakes on the ground and really walking accordingly, they'll back down and back away. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. They says in the word that Jesus was a man acquainted with grief. Most people don't want to want to deal with that aspect of the scriptures. They don't want to deal with that long suffering is a gift of the spirit. They don't want to deal with that because see those are things that are hard, and we, especially here in America, we choose to turn away. But see, God has a plan that He needs. He needs you to draw closer to Him. He needs you to draw strength, to draw understanding, to draw revelation, to draw wisdom. He has everything available to you, but it's up to you to make the hard choice on a daily base to grab hold of his word and to say, God, I'm going to trust you. To say, God, I'm going to walk this thing out. To say, God, you give me the strength, I move. And see, that 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 costs you. That costs you. And again, everybody doesn't want to pay that price. And and see, as you walk this walk, you get the great understanding. And you don't even have to be judgmental. So you can tell somebody who's judgmental, they ain't paying. Cause look, when you when you when you start to be, you start to become humble because you're losing stuff, you're fighting everything you can to hold on. You you every day and you and you see God making way. You start to really get humble. You start to really see things in a whole other way. You start to really lose yourself righteous because God's got you doing things I'd never do that. I don't. Mm-hmm, okay, keep living. Keep living. And, and when you see, and like I was talking to Reggie yesterday on Sunday on the line, I said, you know, see, when you get your relationship so strong with God, you might do things that the average Christian might seem wrong. But because you are in right relationship, God will send you into adverse situations and circumstances because he knows he can trust you. And you will not only not be compromised, but your light is going to shine on somebody else and affect them. The average Christian cannot and will not walk there. And that's fine, too. You don't have to be judgmental about that, but you begin to see things in a whole nother understanding and a whole nother light. But see, again, that's coming back to that trust in God. See, again, now, I can go back to Paul. I'll go back to Paul on his last journey. They told him he was going to be bound. He's going to be thrown in a prison. And it all happened, but he trusted God, and he knew his destiny, and he had a divine appointment. He did not turn away. And it happened. But that's the very words that we're reading today. What if he had turned away from his mission? Mm. What if he said, you know, I have suffered enough. I'm tired. And I say that a lot. What if I stop? What if Paul had to stop and not went on his last journey? A lot of the words of the Bible that we read came from Paul while he was in jail, while he was suffering. Most of the New Testament Paul wrote 
And look at how he started. He was zealous for God. He was self-righteous. But Lord, came on that road to Damascus, he had a divine intervention. And he got knocked off his ass on his behind. And he began to get a whole new walk. See, before he had the word of God, before he had the words of God, and he was zealous and self-righteous, but he didn't have that relationship. Mm. And see, when he got knocked on his behind and he got blinded, then God began to establish that relationship. And he began to take that zeal and train it, and he continuously got humbled and humbled and humbled and humbled and humbled. You know how you get humbled? When you get your behind whipped, but you get up and do it again. When you when you you in situations you 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 struggling and and you fighting, and, and you do it again. Not because of you, but you begin to understand God is calling you, and you're trusting, and He makes a way. He makes a way, time and time again. That's how you get humble, because you recognize you know what only way this is done. Only way this is accomplished because God is doing it in me. It ain't me. When he when the, when that ship got shipwrecked and he got bit by that snake, he just shook it off in the fire and kept going about his business. They began to praise him. He said, Oh no, 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 that's not me. It's not me. And see, I believe that's what God wants some of you all to get. That in your journey, as you're walking, and Satan comes and fastens on your hand, and in any other form or fashion, it should kill you. But you are so established in God and in your purpose that he has you walking. You are so established. You said, Satan, you bit me, but you can't do nothing to me because you're really biting God. I'm walking and doing what God's got to do. It means you got to get through Christ to get to me. He didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't even pray. He didn't even react. He shook it off in the fire and kept going about his business. And I believe that's what God wants some of you all to get. When Satan grabs a hold of you, just shake him off in the fire, and you just keep going about this business of God. See, if you're on a divine appointment and a divine destiny that God has set aside, Satan's going to come out all and attack you, but you just got to be girded and so built up that you grow to the point, oh, well, that's just Satan. I got to keep doing what I got to do. And I, and I just praise God for the work he's doing me. Oh, I got some work to do. He began to minister to other people. That's what he did on that island. And I believe that's what God is growing all of us up so we can shake the enemy off like that. It says, we must deny everything and originate in our original selves, what we are, what we have, and what we can do and move entirely by him, daily apprehending the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Failure to understand or to obey leaves us no other alternative but to live hereafter by the power of the soul. A spiritual Christian, therefore, is one whom is led by the Spirit of God. He draws a power for his daily walk from the life given him by the life of the Holy Spirit who indwells in his spirit. He does not abide on earth seeking his own will, but the will of God. He does not trust in his cleverness to plan and to perform service toward God. The rule of his walk is to dwell quietly in the spirit. No further influence or control by the outer man. The soulless Christian is eminently different. Though he is in possession of a spirit power, he does not draw upon it for his life. In his daily experience, he persists in making the soul his life and continues to lean upon his power self. 
He follows the dictates of his pleasure and delight because he has failed to learn to obey God. To God's work, he brings his natural wisdom, devising many ingenious arrangements. He every day's existence is governed and affected by the outer man. To recapitulate whatever he said, what has been said, the problem of the two natures has been answered, but the problem of the two lives remains unsolved. The spirit life and the soul life coexist within us. While the first is in itself exceedingly strong, the second manages to control the entire being because it's so deeply rooted in man. Unless one is disposed to deny his soul life and permit his spirit life to grasp the reins, the latter has a little chance to develop. Now, see, hold up. He said, first of all, he puts it in his aspect. We have two natures, okay, soul life and spirit life. He said the answer has the, the the nature has has been answered. It was answered at the cross with Jesus. But the problem of the two lives remain unresolved. In other words, this see on the cross it was paid for, but we still have to walk in it. The spirit and the soul coexistence, okay. Some people don't even recognize that that we are tripart being. Spirit, soul, and body. Some people don't even understand it. So first you gotta even recognize, okay, there is a problem. Sin has a nature and flesh has a nature. And it's coexisting inside of us. Okay, unless one is disposed to deny his soul life and permit his spirit life to grasp the reins, the latter has a chance to develop. So if you don't even come to the point of understanding that I got to begin to deny my soul, I got to begin to deny what I want, I got to begin to deny, and that literally needs to be led by the spirit. See, you can even do that in yourself. That's where you see a lot of the monks for fasting and praying. Okay, you can even say, well, I understand. And this, he points this out to us. We can try to, we can and we'll do good. Reading our Bible, fasting and praying and studying and, and doing good, but that's still led by the soul. It has to be led by the Spirit. And the only way it's led by the Spirit is by getting in His Word and asking God to, even before you get into His Word, say, Lord, show me what you want me to read. Lord, reveal to me what you want me to see. Guide me. See, that's by tapping to the Spirit and then begin to study the Bible that way. So this is a, unless one is disposed to deny soul life and permit a spirit to life to grasp the reins, the latter has little chance to develop. This is apparent to the Father, for the child of God deprives himself of a spiritual growth. He must be instructed that overcoming sin, blessed though it surely is, is but the bare minimum of a believer's experience. There's nothing astonishing in it. Not to, over sin is, not to overcome sin is what ought to astonish us. Does not the scripture legitimately ask, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Romans 6 and 2. For to believe that the Lord Jesus died for us as our substitute is inseparable from believing that we have died with him. Romans 6 and 6. What should amaze us then is that not the cessation of sinning and those who have died to sin, but the continuance of that phenomenon in them as though yet alive. The first condition is quite normal, the second altogether abnormal. Our true stance should be that once we have been saved, is what he's saying, that sin is dead and then we overcome it. And then we just need to walk in it. But again, he's talking about how the soul life can, can rise up and begin to take control and we still we're still sinning, and we're still not only sinning, but even walking in self, and we're not walking in God. 
To be free from sin is not a difficult task when viewed in the light of the finished, perfect, and complete salvation of God. A believer must proceed to learn the more advanced and perhaps more formidable and deeper lesson of a boy in his life. Not only must we hate the sinful nature which comes from Adam, but also the natural vitality upon which we now rely for our living. We must be willing to deny the good which is produced by the flesh as well as the evil of the flesh. Do not merely forsake all sins. In addition, deliver this life of sin to death. A walk in the Holy Spirit is not only not committing sin, but also not allowing self to abide. The Holy Spirit can manifest His power solely in those who live by Him. Whoever walks by His natural strength cannot expect to witness the mighty realities of the Holy Spirit. We need to be released from everything natural as well as from this everything sinful. If we insist upon walking according to man, not just the sinful, but the all-inclusive natural man, we reject the rule of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How can he exhibit his power if we are set free from sin and yet continue to think as men think, desire as men desire, live and work as men do? We are not leaning entirely upon the Holy Spirit of God to work in us. If we genuinely desire his fullness, we must first break the all-pervasive influence of the soul. And that is our reading for today. Any comments? Criticisms? Conclusions? Amen. And that would work, too. <laughs> Okay, my comment is this. Um, what you just said, I've seen a lot of that. A matter of fact, what you told me when you prayed for me Sunday at church, it came um, forth yesterday. Oh. It, started, it started coming into its own yesterday. And uh, as I was telling Maria earlier, uh, yesterday, me and the baby and Shanice started out at about 8.20 walking. Mhm. And our first, our first destination was take, was going over to the WIC office. Okay, we made it over there. So that had to have been about maybe three, three and a half miles. Mhm. Then we left from there, and we went over to the post office, and we had a nice little path going. So we had places to go, stop by, and see on our way to our next destination. So then we, after we left the post office, she wanted to go get checked at the, um, she had a cold. So she went by to go get checked by a doctor to see what they can give her to give her some relief. And while we were there, a woman had blessed us with some baby items. Mm. Also bought us lunch. And he also gave us some information on some other stuff that we needed information on. Okay. All in just walking that path yesterday. Mm, wow. Now, for Saturday, when I went into work, um, I know I didn't have anybody coming in, but just in case somebody walked in. 
Okay, while I was there, I cleaned up the whole shop, just about. And when 3 o'clock came, I got on the bus and came home. But I know last, last week he prayed for me. He told me that I would be lifted up for people to see God in me. Mm. Well, while I was there and I was cleaning, I didn't bust at nobody. I don't have I don't have attitude towards anybody. But you know, it's like it's like it's just like can you know how people like to try to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You know, like they take the test for multiple choice and they fill it in under their understanding, and it's not uh, under the true understanding. Mm-hmm. But then too, they're not even trying to find out the truth, so they're too comfortable into getting in the way and putting their thoughts in it. So um, when it was telling for me to go, I got my stuff, and I said, okay, well, y'all have a nice week weekend, and I'll see you next week. So they're like, oh, well, are you okay? I'm so fine. Now, all of them was busy making money. So I didn't make any money that day, but then, I did, but in turn, I did help them by cleaning up the salon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had a limited amount of money on me, and I was trying to hold on to it for something else. But then I said, no, nah, i got to go over here and get some food for the house. So when I left there, I went over, I got some food for the house, and I made my way home. And my, now in me making my way home, um, I don't know if you heard about the the, the, the 17, 17-year-old got shot in Harvey, and his mom got uh, fatally, I mean, he got uh, badly wounded. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Okay, well, I was on the bus, and that was on my route when we went by there to saw, you know, what was going on. That happened That happened when you was on the bus? A little bit, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, um, I just kind of thankful that I was, you know, that I was there. Wow. But, um... Uh, like I said, it was a lot of stuff that was going through, and then um, I was even reflecting back on a woman who I came across earlier in the week that was telling me about, you know, how many people she helped, this, that, and the other, how come she's sitting in this realm of, um, you know, feeling like a leper. Mm. And I had told her, too, I said, it's this half where I wanted to give people rides and this, that, and the other. And I said, I said, don't feel bad for that question came across my mind, too, because I can honestly say back then when I get, did get people right, where I had the opportunity to get people right, mm-hmm. I did it because, you know, they said, you want something that you want them to do on to you. And I said, if I'm ever in this predicament, I hope somebody go ahead and be hurt, have a hard enough to give me a ride. Okay. Okay, we get comfortable in that, but then when we get to that point, then we start questioning, but then too, at this point, to see the true nature of that individual, mm-hmm. and if we just stand still and get ourselves out the way, the new people that's coming in to replace those other ones, they're coming. But you can't let that bitterness and stuff get in the way, because if it does, then you're gonna be stuck on that thought, and you won't have your mind open to move on. Okay. So, 
out of saying all of that, yeah, some things that come up that we'll look at and we'll think that it's hard, but if we just get our minds out of what was beaten to our mind ever since day one by thinking in the physical, we can see ourselves going through and being more in line to follow the things that we can't see to become reality and in a positive way. Yep. Changing our mindsets. Yep. And even one of the things that had me kind of worried, because I said, here goes this one little thing that keeps on getting me, and I can't understand how come I can't get over this hurdle. Well, <laughs> yesterday I was able to get over the hurdle. Okay. Cool. I said, but why does it keep on catching me here, catching me here? I get so far, and then here goes this, little, this one little It's almost like a, a acne bump. You know how it gets deep and it, it bothers you, but you can't get it? Mm, okay. But then it gets you impatient enough that you sit up there and be willing to tear up your skin and just go ahead and relieve that, that, that discomfort. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's made out of something a whole lot bigger than what it, took, than what it should be. That's because you didn't have a patient for it to mature and then to eradicate it at the time it needs to be eradicated. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Taking prayer requests. Anybody on? On prayer. I'm going down here to start this process again. I don't know how far I'm going to get along with it. I just need the Lord's blessings. And it's faith. I'm just praying that the moves that I make be aligned up with his will for my life. So I'll take prayer. You talking about you trying to start school again? Yeah. Let me see. Can I get some money? No problemo, no problemo. Okay, how the bush to go around the go say she to go around, but I should go say she to go around the go dead, the gun, 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 the Rambraka should go say, 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 Haranda go say, should go Randa go sa, Hundred Gundi the Gander go hard, Randi shake at a combroco say, Shadder go say, Handrasi go say, Shandanda go say, should go Dandra go say, Harambraka should go say, should go Randa go Sandra go sa, Umbreda go say, should go Randa go say, should go Randa go Sandra go say, should go Randa go sa, Harambo go Sandra go Sandra go say, should go Sandra go Sandra go say. Yes, Lord. Randal go dada 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 go
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shandara to go say she did go Sandra to go say. Horombon to go say she did go say she go say she go say she go say. Horombon to go Sandy to go say she go Sandy. Yes, 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 Father. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, now, when you come into the bumps and the hard portions of this journey that you're going, be very conscious of what you speak and be very clear. <laughs> from what God shows and reveals to you so that when you need to stand, you can stand. So, again, so what you're asking for is very good. You you need you need to make sure that you're on the pathway. Now, again, like I just said earlier, not just what you're doing, but how you're doing it, et cetera, so that when you come into the wall, when you come into the, to the, the Red Sea, when you come into these obstacles, that God is allowing to be there, then you stand firm and you begin to confess. See, what did the man of God say earlier this morning? If we just had the faith that's the size of a mustard seed, we can speak to the mountains in our life. But see, that mustard seed must be planted and allowed to grow. So then when you come into that, don't pull back just because it gets hard or you don't see it, understand. If you are the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord and you are seeking the Lord regarding your steps, then you have to trust the steps. You have to trust the path that he places you on. So when he allows you to walk to the Red Sea, to the obstacle, to the mountain, then you go to him for divine direction or instruction about what to do and how to do it. Now, why do I say that? I'm going to use a mountain as an example. Lord, I've got a mountain in front of me, and this is what you led me to. What is it? How, was it, how should this be handled, Lord? How do you want me to deal with this? Does he want you to go around, go over, go through, or speak and confess and somebody else move? So that's what I'm saying. When you go before him and you just stand firm in what God calls you to do, and see, then he will give you divine instruction. He's not leading you to a dead end. Again, Sid, again, we're talking about trust and self. He's not leading you to a dead end. He's allowing things to come forth, and the natural might be a dead end, and, and those around you might call it a dead end. So that's, again, you've got to be conscious about who you let in your inner circle. But if God led you there, it's not a dead end. You might not even see it or understand it or like it, but that does not mean it's a dead end. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to show and to maneuver and to direct your paths, then, this again, see, you are in control of your situations and circumstances. 
You speak to your storm. You make the spirit the, the subject unto you. You you make things com, conform to what I'm going to say your slash God's will because your slash God's will when you are coming before God, then it's literally God's will. He's just you're just the vessel. So you are not you don't have to submit to what's in front of you. So you speak, you stand, you confess, whatever, however the Lord teaches you or tells you to do what you need to do regarding your problem is what you do, and it must conform. It must conform. So don't pull back, man of God. Don't pull back. You stand firm in what God is showing, what he is teaching, and the pathway he is directing you upon, and it must, it must, it must conform to you. You don't have to conform to it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. All right. Anybody else want one prayer? Sure. Sure. Give me some of that. Alright. <laughs> 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 Mhm. 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 I don't know if that was you or that was Maria that was telling um that as you speak in the spirit, it draw things to you. I think that was Maria. Okay. Are you still practicing speaking in the spirit? Yes, I am. Okay. It's drawing things to you. It's like your generator. It's, it's giving you what you need, and it's uh, kind of in the same sense of what I was talking to Arthur. When you you come in to dead ends, it might even, like you just said, it might even reroute you, so you're not even caught in a dead end. But that's very key, and I'm going to be very honest with you. Because now that you have chosen and are walking in that you have pissed the devil off so bad. <laughs> that That's part of a way. I had her. I had, I, I had her. But not only are you doing it, you continue to doing it. And it's like, he, it's, just, it's just like, you know, we, like they say in the basketball, I'm going to make you break your ankles. <laughs> or in the football thing, he'd do that move, and all of a sudden he's gone. That's how the devil, I had her. I had her in my sights. And every time you do that, that throws him off his game. Okay. Every time you do that, that 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 just throws him fully, even if, even at the point because he can't he can't come against that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of your spiritual weapons. And God is training you how to. I'm gonna tell you. I have been in meetings. Okay. Again, this is, it might be something that you do might want to do. I've been in meetings where I'm getting beat up or bound up, people or whatever going on, and several different things. And I've learned. To take my hand over my face, like I'm, like you know how you kneel with your face in your hand, mm-hmm. and 
nobody seeing my mouth, and I'll just silently just begin to pray in the spirit. And I see the dynamics of that meeting change. Okay. I, I see. I see the very people who attack me, whatever. It just things begin to shift and change. And I began to do that in situations and circumstances. I just learned how to softly pray in the spirit, where people don't see my mouth moving. And I'm just, and again, and that's allowing God to fully work and to, and to move. And, and, it, and it's, 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 it's disturbing the enemy presence because, see, the walk that we're walking now, the level that we're at, we're literally walking in, 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 the, in the enemy's camp. We're literally walking in territories, or, uh, even if it's a point we're trying to walk out of it because, see, we have been bound and beat up, and we're trying to get out. But, see, but when we're doing that, that's protecting. That's empowering, that's girding us up, and it's allowing God to be God. And see, even in a point where we're beginning to look at the devil for what he is, and like I said, you just a devil move. You just, like Paul shook him off, no, just go ahead, go about your business. I got a mission to do. And the devil, he hates that so much because, see, he can't penetrate that out. Because, see, when you're praying in the spirit, that's your spirit to spirit. That's your spirit to God's spirit. It's a spirit to spirit connection. It's not even your mind. Now, we're just reading about the soul. We're reading about the soul. See, that disconnects you, that soul life altogether. And the enemy, he can't penetrate. There's no gate for him to penetrate it in. He he can't. And, and your spirit is being fed, generated, led, or whatever's needed to be done, and, and he can't penetrate that. And it just pisses him off to the point that he can And see, see with you, because, see, I, I, um, how can I say, with you, you're kind of new and you're growing in this. So mm-hmm. he's like, man, she's beginning to catch on, and it's pissing him off. Like me, like, you know what, like, look, I'm, I'm going to have to try another tactic with him here because I, I know where he's kind of going to come from. See, but you, you're beginning to grab hold of it, and you're beginning to find his power. I, I, me and Erica was talking on the line one day, and it's like, you know, you, 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 you're tired, you beat down the wall, but you still choose to stand on the word of God, and you say, it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and you try it again, and, and it worked again. <laughs> And it works it's like, and you keep standing on the word, and you keep finding out the word works, and you keep doing it, and see that 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 aggravates the devil. Again, so that you're tapping into that that spiritual weaponry that God has given you. And again, I'm saying specific, that's a spiritual weapon that God has given you, and you're learning how to use it. Just to keep applying it, keep applying it, keep applying it, and you might you'll even see people, you even see those who are literally on the demonic forces coming attacking you, and you'll see them exactly for what they are because you'll just be and that is just get that enemy inside them, just agitated, and they just. And everybody else will seem like they're attacking for no reason, but you'll know specifically what it is. Mm-hmm. Just keep standing, keep listening, keep seeking, and keep letting God be God in your life. Okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <sighs> All right. Hmm? Yeah, this is over here. Oh, I thought I heard it in the background. She's <laughs> she's dry. No, she just wants to be greedy. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. All right, anybody else want prayer? 
Um, I pray for the Bible study tonight at New Bethel. You said what? I said pray for the Bible study tonight at New Bethel. Okay. And then me. And then who? Me. Oh, the Gloria line. Yep. Oh, get up. All right, Father God, I'm going to pray for tonight's Bible study. And the church is a whole. Father God, there of course that there's some shifting going on in the house. Haram branded goes there's some shifting that's gonna really begin to unite the church together. Mm-hmm. So they can learn how to become in one accord and flow in the spiritual and the pastor's really being the pastor's really being moved. He 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 he's really being moved and it's really beginning to affect him, and, and, and again, he's going to begin to rise up, and it's going to probably even surprise him to a certain degree as God is moving him. So as he moves, the congregation will follow. But God is really moving spiritually and, and through him now more so than before, and he's going to begin to make some dramatic change. They'll be dramatic to him because he won't – understand what or why he's he's kind of being forced to let go of his mind and, and the spirit man is beginning to rise up inside him and he's beginning to release more of his self or more of his soul and allowing his spirit to rise up inside of him and that is the prayer for the church Okay, uh Rambo should go say should go say should go say hold on one second. Okay, um, Gloria Lane. All right, 
Habosharande Sheshanda Korombo se shede de Karambo Koda Dash de Kose Shedakan Raseke Hombra Sandrande K se de Kosande de Kose de Kosande de Kosandrande de Kosete Haramboko se de Hande de Deko Horamboko se de Hande de Korande She Horamboko Shandrande de Kose Shedakosande de Kose Hmm. Haran de Kose, really now. Hmm. Yara de Kose, really now. Hmm. Okay. Rombo Sidaka, really. really. You're tripping over your own feet. You you see and you hear, and then you grab the reins again. Actually, kind of like what we're reading about today. And, and 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 then you find yourself in this quandary because you're you're trying to trust God and you're you're trying to hear and you're trying to move and again it, it's hard for you to really let go. It is hard for you to really just re you try and you do it and then you lose it. Hmm. Hmm. But you're getting better at it. And it's kind of like what we're reading about, that this is a process. So you just you just got to keep working on it. There's no other way. You, you got to keep working on letting God show you, okay, Gloria, you can grab the reins again. Let it go. Well, Gloria, you, you, you're, not, you're getting in my way again. Stop. So just just make yourself more, let your spirit of discernment rise up in you more so you can hear more so, and let God more so when you start to trip over your own feet and you start to get him back in the way again. Because you are seeking God, looking, looking to him and, and asking for his help, and you are walking, you're doing what you need to do, but again, but see, once you grab control again, God lets you have it. God let you have it. So don't begin to beat yourself up about it. Just recognize again, this is a process. This is this is where I'm at in it. Okay, Lord. Lord, I really Lord, I need you to help me to get me out of the way. One of my prayers and one of my confessions, especially when I'm feeling just overwhelmed and struggling with something, Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach me how to decrease so that you can increase. Lord, teach me how to take off my yoke so that I can put yours on. These are some of the things when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and burdened about what's going on in the, throughout the day or whatever. You know, it ain't like I just, you know, when I'm, when I'm feeling like, huh. 
And see, even even in that, now this is what now this is something that's gonna get a little deep for y'all. Even in that, when I do that. I feel this this nagging, and I begin to cough. I said, "Oh, that's the spirit that's inside of me." Then, mm. that so being so that see see that 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 that's that's when you begin to practice that self deliverance because I'm choosing to confess out of my mouth and let God's strength increase and let me get out of myself, and I begin to cough. That's that spirit that's inside of me beginning to give way. It ain't totally out of me yet. It ain't totally out of me yet, but every time I confess, rather than me start to complaining, me start to moaning and groaning, me starting to get upset and have an attitude, me starting to say, Whoa, rather than me doing all of that, I'm checking myself, I'm shutting my mouth, and I'm forcing myself to say those things. And in the process of me doing it, I begin to... Now, anybody else might think it's strange. No, ain't nothing wrong with me. I know what's going on, okay? That's the spirit giving, ah, ah, yeah. And he's trying to hold on. But because I'm doing that, see, that's the word that's going to work in me. Okay, that's the word. See, when I'm confessing and I'm doing those things, that's the word that's going to work. And it's beginning to gain power. So even if it's an inch at a time, remember the seed is a mustard seed. Even if it's a little bit at a time, it's gaining ground. Is gaining ground and is making that spirit lose ground, and he don't like it. So, so, so again, it's a process. So just begin to practice those things, begin to confess those things. Let the Lord be be to show you where you're holding on. Let the Lord begin to show you where you're missing it, where you where you need to need to let go, and then begin to confess His word out of your mouth. Yeah, now you can't do this silently. I'm going to let you know right now, I said confess it out of your mouth. That's a spiritual principle. Even in that, it ain't going to work. Silent prayer. Yeah, I'm getting on you about that. It ain't going to work. If you want it to work, or if you want to stay where you at, then keep it in your mind. Keep, keep being built. But you, you, you're recognizing that you're missing something, though. So now if you really want to get on the other side, that's what you need to begin to do. If you truly want to get on the other side, that's what you need to begin to work at. Just like I, like I said, I got to work on me. You got to work on you. Everybody's responsible for their own walk. Study and show thyself approved. You're accountable for your own for your own salvation. So you 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 let the Holy Spirit begin to correct and critique your walk with Him. Don't beat yourself up. You ain't doing nothing. Ain't nothing the rest of us ain't doing. And it's just so don't don't become condemnation and guilt. Don't you? We all got stuff we missing and we need to grow. Just that's an area right now that the Lord is, is right now that he's beginning to see it spiritually, that he's beginning to show you. So just allow him to show you how to walk in it and how to grow up in it. That's all it is. And as he, as he teaches you this, you will begin to see a tremendous difference in your walk. Amen. Thank you much. And she'll be mad at me for about a week. <laughs> All right, anybody else want prayer? <laughs> you gonna stop picking on her? <laughs> oh, you girl, I got so bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. I ain't worried about it. He's about 800 miles away. He got about two or three weeks before I see him. So, yeah, I'm going to talk noise now. Wait, I don't remember everything. I don't forget nothing. <laughs> all the way down to today's June 2nd. <laughs> all the way down to today's what? June 2nd. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> Wait, me making no. I think he, he jotting it down. He, okay, today, June Oh, uh-uh, This is in my memory. I come to June 2nd. And in fact, you want to talk about it? Let's try 1031. <laughs> Maria's at the doctors. Erica, like I said, she's been tied up. I haven't heard Felicia today. Oh. Mm. Hey, office, Gloria Lane. I was talking with the meat button off. Yeah, I know you got my back. I don't pay no mind to my poor things. Right, right. Don't even pay him no mind. I'm telling you. Mm. I'm sorry, what was that? I said, I know, right? Don't pay him no mind. Mm-hmm. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, it's always a privilege and an honor to come before your throne of grace and mercy, to enter into the throne room of God, Lord God, and to kneel before the mercy seat of God, to seek God for wisdom, knowledge, grace, mercy, understanding, and direction. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for yet another opportunity to come together, to assemble, to to, to seek your will and your way, to seek the word in your ways for our lives, Lord God. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given us this privilege of prayer, Lord God, that we can come among all of our burdens at your throne, at your feet, Lord God, and have faith and assurance and know that anything that we ask for in the name of Jesus has already been done. Father, as we continue to go on in this prayer call, Lord God, which you are feeding us up with so much, filling us up with so much knowledge and wisdom and understanding, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, to just continue to dwell within our hearts. Let us continue to walk according to your way and not our way. Let us continue to seek you through all and your will for provisions for our way, for our lives, Lord God. Even the steps that we take, Lord God, we pray that they will be ordered by you. We, Lord God, we just pray that all the prayers that are going forth and all the prophecies that are being projected over our lives, Lord God, that you will continue to just love on us and correct us, Lord God, even when it hurts, Lord God. Father God, we are accepting of the chastisement, Lord God, for your word teaches us that the Lord corrects us those who he loves, Lord God, even after Father corrects his son. So, Father God, you're correcting me, Lord God. I don't know about anybody else, but you're correcting me and you're correcting my work. I thank you, Lord God, for the correction. I thank you for the chastisement, Lord God. 
Father God, I accept this in the name of Jesus. So I know that there's a better end. There's a lesson to be learned from it. So, Father God, we just pray that your spirit continue to dwell in our hearts and our minds and our souls. We ask the Lord God to just be forever in, in our midst, Lord God. Lord, even when we fall, Father God, we ask that you would just look down and have mercy upon us and pick us up, Lord God. So we are flesh, Lord God. And that is not an excuse. But from each and every day we fall short of your grace and your mercy. Each and every day we stumble. But Father God, we pray that your love is so great for us that you will pick us up and allow us to try and do it again. Even when we have just taken advantage of the things that you have given us, Lord God, and have gone about our own self directions, Lord God, you correct us and show us where we have there. But Father God, I ask you, Lord God, to just continue to love on us to just continue to just keep us under the shadow of your might and ways. For your word teaches us that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And so, Father God, we just pray, Lord God, that we be under your shadows, Lord God, that we are protected from the wilds of the enemy. Even as I go forth, Lord God, to, to start my process of just to go to school, Father, you know there are so many different avenues of which I can go. You know there are so many doors on which I can take. Father God, I pray that you will set you in my steps, Lord God, to go in the direction that you will have for me to go, and not me go according to what I feel that I should go. And Father God, I ask you, Lord God, to just forever be with me, be with all those people in the prayer call, Lord God, as they go out and they adventure this new day, Lord God, that you have given us, Lord God, that success will be given to us. That we will be blessed, Lord God, beyond measure. So we know that, Lord God, that we are appreciative of the small thing, and you will bless us with many. Even when we come to those red, red sea decisions, Lord God, we ask, Lord God, that you will stretch out your money here in the planet and open it up so that we can walk through on dry land, Lord God. That we will come through unfold, untouched, unharmed, unblemished, Lord God. That others who do not believe in you, those who are the same, Lord God. That they will see the glory that you have placed upon our lives. Father God, even when we are about to go astray, Lord God, we will just pray that you will speak to us in that small voice and correct us and tell us what to do and what not to do. And Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, that you have kept our families, Lord God. And we pray that they'll be governed by your spirit, by your voice, and that you continue to love on them as you love on us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, Brother Richardson. Amen. Amen. All right. Has anybody else got anything? Okay, let me pray and see what God wants to do. I don't go on the bush, you 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 don't go on the bush. Father God, we praise you. Ah, yes, Holy Spirit, continue to move in our lives. Continue to let your word rise up inside of us. Let the blessings of God pour forth into our hearts. Let your word come forth, Lord. Shannon, go sit down.
as we will truly be used by you, Father. Home brother to God. Keep us, reveal us, heal us, whatever needs to be done, just be God. Shout out, and we will go forth doing what you call us to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 All right. Well, if anybody else got nothing, I'm going to say au revoir. And I will holler at y'all in the morning. Yes, All right. Peace.